wrestling fans! Ah, it's that time once again for them boys from 607 Podcast to talk all things pro wrestling. It's that time once again for this week's edition of 607 TWS live on twitch.tv slash 607 podcast and of course if you're listening to us in podcast form anywhere you get great podcasts by searching 607 TWS we are coming to you from the 8122 production studios at Dragon Master Games I'm one of your hosts here on 607 podcast on Twitch and I'm also the host of the the 3FN podcast my name is Rich and joining me as he does each and every week, the other host here on 607 Podcasts on Twitch, and you also know him best as the host of the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast, better known as the OTPH. I'm talking about Ken M. 607 Podcast fam, what is happening? What is going on? What is good? What a week of wrestling to discuss. Damn. It's just too much. Too much. Holy shit. Too much. <laughs> and then when you think that it's done, there's more. And then when you thought that was done, there's, there's more. more. And if we weren't recording during Monday Night Raw, there would probably be more. more. So I'm kind of glad that we're recording during Monday Night Raw on this date. And, uh, or as a yeah, we need, <laughs> we need a small break to catch up on everything that's happened because, good Lord, wow, there's a lot to discuss. Good Lord. All I can tell you is we're kind of going to structure things. I'm going to give you the structure. We're going we're gonna to skip past the pleasantries. Mm-hmm. No offense. I'm sure myself and Ken M are doing just fine. Very busy, but we have a big show. Like, I mean, gigantic, probably the biggest we've done in quite some time. Probably since WrestleMania season. I was going to say since WrestleMania. So, with that being said, the main event of this show will be SummerSlam preview and everything to do with WWE. Mm -hmm. The the crazy week that happened. All of that is happening in the main event segment because we're going to preview SummerSlam as well mm-hmm. <laughs> it'll be a longer segment if it's all wwe right we're gonna just keep it together because it's easier that way the mid card we're gonna go over uh real quick pretty much uh the glory pro show absolution real quick because that was a pretty cool show uh so we can do our indie roundup there we're also going to uh go uh preview or we're also gonna go over the new japan mm-hmm. where we are in g1 and then we're gonna preview uh gcw's nashville show and also, while we're at it, we're going to also preview um, the Ric Flair final match. Yeah. So that's going to be in the mid card. So it's going to be a decent mid card. We're going to because that's all going down this weekend. In the opening contest, we are going to review Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. Death Before Dishonor, twenty twenty two, and talk all AEW and ROH news. <laughs> Pat's ready for a jam packed show. It is going to be a jam packed show. So with that being said, that is that's the order. Mm-hmm. If you're coming in late, we'll try to remind you guys or tell you we haven't talked about it yet. So we're going to try to keep everything concise because it's going to be a long one. Uh, with that being said, let's take care of business and then get into the wrestling business. Ken M, tell the folks how to find you in the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast. Very simple. I will keep it short and sweet because we got a jam-packed show for everything and anything that is the ODPH. Swing on over to ODPHpodcast.com. 
And let's keep it simple, too. For anything for the 3FN Podcast, 3FNPodcast.com. Uh, some of the links might not be correct as of right now because I have not fixed the entire website. I apologize. Uh, best way to get a hold of us is on Twitter anyways, yes. at 3FN Podcast on Twitter. Uh, like I said, I have not revamped the entire site. I'm going to be quite honest with you. I've been rolling out this new branding. I have also been doing that while being insanely busy. Yes. So uh, give me some time. Uh, but we are going to be adding new things to the website and making sure all the stuff is A-OK within the next week. In well, weeks coming, I'll be adding things. But we'll make sure everything's up in A-OK. But until then. 3FNPodcast.com still has most of the information correct. And anything else, if you just go to Twitter and 3FN Podcast, at 3FN Podcast, or check our link tree. Our link tree is now also 3FN Podcast. If you check that, that will lead you to victory. And that link is at our Twitter as well. Mm-hmm. So it's all that, the has all the, that has all the websites in everything, all the sites in the bios, because we did have to change some things. So truth be known still rolling it out just wanted to make that clear because i had somebody go well when i clicked on it it didn't take me to your twitter thing yeah i know because i changed the twitter name yeah <laughs> the twitter name used to be at three fan nerds pod now it's at three fn podcast so once again we'll fix that on the website i just haven't had time we have a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that we have not divulged on air yet but and obviously the three fn rebranding is a very big project going on so if you are following us, wherever you're following us, definitely just shoot a DM and we'll make sure we send you the right links if you want to interact on any social media yeah. platform. On top of that, it was like, yeah, do I sacrifice content or just say fuck the website for a little bit? And it was kind of like, yeah, it was the easy call, fuck the right. website. Because I wasn't going to sacrifice content because you're still getting all the great shows. So. Mm-hmm. On top of that, being a family man in summertime, it's got to be fun. God, it's, it's fun. It's fun stuff. I'm just letting you know. And it's hot as hell yeah. in the state of New York. I'm sure it's hot as hell everywhere. All, I've over, heard the, some, I, all over the globe. West I heard Coast. In, I heard in England they were having a big problem, too. So Boise's hitting like 101 tomorrow. Here, Man, damn. So stay cool wherever you Shout are. Shout out to everybody staying in that AC. If you're like me, though, you got to work in a sweat box. So it's kind of it's been rough. I've been going to work super early, too. That's another reason I'm coming yeah. home tired. Because uh, if I go to work early, it's cooler in the morning. Mm-hmm. With that being said, though, that's enough about me. I said I wasn't going to get too far off. I just had to address that because I, I want to make sure everybody's happy. Let's jump right in, Ken. It's one of your favorite things to do. <laughs> That's right, let's kick it off, and we're going to kick it off talking about Ring of Honor's Death Before Dishonor 2022. Uh, we're just going to run through it and kind of then give our feelings at the end, and then there is some AEW ROH news that we must divulge and mm-hmm. jump into. So let's be uh, let's start off for our ROH Death Before Dishonor 2022 uh, went down this past Saturday night uh, in Lowell, Massachusetts at the Songus Center. Uh, of course, the pre-show kicked off at 7 p.m. called Zero Hour. Uh, here's what happened on Zero Hour uh, in your opening contest of Zero Hour. Colt Cabana defeated Anthony Henry with J.D. Drake in his corner. It is a 10-minute match. Uh, next up, we had a tag team match. The Trustbusters, Ari Devari Divar- and Slim J defeated Shinobi Shadow Squad, Cheeseburger, and Eliism in 5 minutes and 30 seconds. Uh, we then have, were treated to the bait-and-switch moment, the first one of the evening, right? as we found out that Prince Nana has purchased Tully Blanchard Enterprises and has brought back the embassy mm. to Ring of Honor. So the now the now really newly added embassy team of Brian Cage, Quan, and Toa Leona with Prince Nana in their corner defeated Alex Zane, Blake Christian, and Tony Deppin in 11 minutes 35 seconds. This match was better than I thought it was going to be. Yes. Thankfully, because I thought it was going to be a squash. 
And in the uh, main event of the pre-show, Willow Nightingale defeated Allison Kay in seven minutes and 50 seconds. How did you feel about the pre-show, Ken M? Pre-show was solid. Women's match was great. Team GCW showing up was great. Uh, and in fact, the, the match, like you touched upon, was better than I thought because I thought they were going to get squashed. But it was actually very entertaining and kicked off the night the right way. Well, uh, Ring of Honor... Death Before Dishonor 2022 officially kicked off at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. By the way, your uh, commentators for the entire evening, I didn't mention earlier, were Caprice Coleman and Ian Riccoboni. William Regal joined them quite a bit, though. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll just throw him as, as a third from time to time. The, co- the uh, opening contest of the evening was for the ROH World Heavyweight Championship. Your champion going in, Jonathan Gresham, now with Prince Nana in his corner because he's now a member of the embassy. Defended the title against Claudio Castagnoli. This match got 11 minutes and 30 seconds. And at the end of the day, and your new Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion, Claudio Castagnoli, will be coming back to that in a minute. Next up, we have the ROH World Six-Man Tag Team Titles on the line. Your champions, the Righteous, Bateman, Dutch, and Vincent, with Vita Van Starr in their corner, defended the titles against Dalton Castle and the boys, Brandon and Brent. At the end of the day, this is 9 minutes and 40 seconds. And new Ring of Honor Six-Man World Tag Team Champions, Dalton Castle and the boys. Next match was for the ROH Pure title. Your champion, Wheeler Yuta, representing the Blackpool Combat Club, took on Daniel Garcia, representing the JAS. This match got 15 minutes and 55 seconds at the end of the day via a pinfall. Wheeler Yuta is still the Ring of Honor Pure champion. Then we had the Battle of the Brothers as Roosh, with Jose the Assistant, defeated his brother, Dragon Lee, in 15 minutes and 50 seconds. Followed that by the ROH Women's World Title Match. Your champion, Mercedes Martinez, defending against Serena Deeb. This match got 17 minutes and 20 seconds. And still the ROH Women's Champion, Mercedes Martinez. Next up was the ROH World Television Title Match. Your champion, Samoa Joe, defending against Jay Lethal. This match got 12 minutes and 20 seconds. At the end of the day, and still Ring of Honor World Television Champion, Samoa Joe. And last but certainly not least, in your main event of the evening, in a two out of three falls match, the ROH World Tag Team titles were on the line. Your champions, FTR, Cash Wheeler, and Dax Harwood, taking on them boys, the Briscoes, Jay and Mark Briscoe. And at the end of the day, winning two falls to one, and still the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions, the FTR. All right, let's talk about, well, let's let's save the elephant in the room for yep. last. I want to talk about the good shit first, okay? Uh, a lot of these matches were very good. I'm going to be honest. I did, mm-hmm. I did enjoy this card. Uh, one of the matches I didn't enjoy was the women's match. I thought it was a little too long. And I don't think they meshed as well as we thought they were going to. Yeah, that was kind of a little bit of a surprise. I thought it was still a solid match, but I, but the expectation was a little higher because obviously knowing the the both wrestlers can really bring it in the ring. It, but you like a touch on just that night, it didn't click. I also had that same feeling for Samoa Joe and Jay Lee. I was about to say the same thing. Yeah, that for some off. reason that match did not work at all. No, and that's that's teacher versus student. That that's kind of weird that it didn't work, but it, yeah. it didn't. I, I really did not think that match worked at all. I'm sorry. I expected a way better match between those two. They've had way better matches in the past. Mm-hmm. I understand they're both getting a little older now. Sure. They're elder statesmen. However, they're still competing at really good uh, quality. So, I don't know. Uh, it could have just been an off night, but I think that that match definitely suffered a little bit, in my opinion. Uh, the six-person tag match was very good. 
Uh, I like the fact that even though signed to other places, uh, Vincent, uh, Dutch, and Bateman had a great showing yeah, against absolutely. the Don Castle and the boys. They didn't phone it in when they could have. And uh, Dalton Castle and the boys did a great job. It was a nice little coming out party, if you will, for Dalton Castle. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Wheeler Uter Danny Garcia match, for the most part, was good. I didn't like the ending, although it does help continue the story on it. Get it because he got the cheap roll up. Yeah, that's the only thing I, I think I can take solace in because the match was great, but yeah, the ending was just, uh, I don't know. It didn't sit well, but obviously they want to continue the story on AEW. My second favorite match of the night was Roosh versus Dragon Lee, and that mm-hmm. was everything I thought it would be. Yes. And it was great. I wish they would have opened the show with it because that's how exciting the match was. And I think that that would have really set the tone for the night. We're going to talk about that opening contest last. And I think that that's part of the reason why the rest of the night was off. And we'll talk about that in a second. I agree. Because I think we need to give the due before we, we, before we talk any negative. Yes. Let's give the due to what we should give the due for the match of the night. Mm-hmm. And that was the main event. FTR, Briscoes, the tag team fight forever. Let's be honest. Yes. Two out of three falls. I'm going to say it it was not as good as their first meeting. That's taking nothing away from this, though. This match was 43 minutes and 26 seconds. And I was not bored for a single solid second of it. I just thought that the other match told a, a, a bigger story. I thought that this was too quick of a comeback. With that being said, it's 1A and 1B. I really do still believe that first meeting between them is still one of my match of the year candidates. It's definitely my tag team match of the year. But this, this is my second. I can't fault you on that at all. I do agree with that. I thought the first match was a better story, had a better buildup. Seeing this ran back as quick as it was, going into this before the media scrum, I thought this was kind of like, okay, it's going to be the swan song. It's going to be an easy send-off. The Briscoes aren't going to be appearing in ROH because reasons. And then Tony Khan decided to divulge on the media scrum that the Briscoes have signed a long-term contract with Ring of Honor. So that kind of threw a big curveball in this. And I think this must have been a recent signing, in my opinion, because for the quick buildup that this match got, if they had been signed long-term prior, I think we would have had a more drawn-out story. Well, I'm also hoping that that's the case because of this. Because, let's be honest, there was not real... Other than the fact that this match was a rematch, Mm -hmm. there was no match on this card that really had a real drawn-out story. You had two months. I get it. They don't have a real TV, but you're using ROH talent and championships on Rampage and Dynamite and on Dark and Dark Evolution. So they are using the talent, right? Mm -hmm. And here we look at it, and literally the only match... They really had any like storyline really was Wheeler Yuta versus Daniel Garcia. Right. And the FTR Briscoe's match only storyline really was the this being the rematch and then the two weeks that we've had of like of of like interviews Twitter vignettes. Yes, and the one that they did last week on uh right. Rampage, right? On Rampage. And then they replayed it on Dynamite. Yeah, it was kind of just an odd setup because, I mean, they have been starting to sprinkle in. I have now nicknamed Rampage, ROH Rampage, because they've been finally showcasing talent. Which I wouldn't be upset about if they did that. They should just change it to that. I I fully agree because Rampage has actually been better in certain cases when they've highlighted the ROH talent there. Because other than that, you only had a little small setup for the uh, Martinez and Deeb match. Wheeler Yuta and Daniel Garcia, but that also stems from their experience with the... AEW? Yeah, with AEW. So, I mean... Not a lot of build per se, but the Briscoes and FTR, I think they were just basically going on, well, it's the internet. Obviously, the fans have still been buzzing about it since April. It doesn't really need something, but it does, though. But like I said, the media scrum kind of really threw a curveball in there, so it all depends on how long they've been signed. I don't know that. I'm just making the assumption. But let's not take away from a fantastic Exactly. Match. No, it's still, still a great fantastic match. Still a great match. Five stars, great match. Mm. Let's now talk about the elephant in the fucking room. Yeah. 
So I called this instantly when we were watching live. Mm-hmm. I saw Jonathan Gresham come out. Doesn't come out in his mask. Doesn't come out in his coat. Doesn't come out with Prince Nana originally. Yeah. Even though we found out that that was the new embassy. Mm-hmm. And the look on his face was the look of a face of somebody that did not want to be there. Yep. And I instantly looked over at you and our friend Lincoln and even Dog, because Dog was in the back in the VIP. Mm-hmm. And I said, he's dropping the title tonight. I hate when guys do this. And I and I, then I elaborated that, you know, some guys, when they're losing a belt or losing a match, tend to wear it. And for whatever reason, Jonathan Gresham's wearing it. Mm-hmm. Facts. Sure enough, we got into the match. Match was fine. Mm-hmm. Not great. Not really even good. Fine. Average. Mediocre. Yeah. Especially for the two talented guys in the ring. Mm-hmm. Once again, I feel like that's because Gresham was phoning it in. Yeah. We're not going to accuse him or anything right now. No, no. Let me, just, let me go on this. Yeah, this is the observation. So give it give it a second before somebody starts yelling. <laughs> not yeah. you, but somebody in general. Yeah. During this match, just just once again, I, I will say this. And, and this is where some of the things come out. Before this match went on, there was an interview done. where, where And I'm paraphrasing because I'm not going to read from the interview. Jonathan Gresham voiced some concerns. We heard him in this interview, which I'm assuming was recorded the day before. Because it came out the same day as Ring of Honor. So it was either that morning or the day before. We had seen it day of show, which was Saturday. Mm -hmm. This interview basically stated, he stated, one of the things he stated in the interview is that he had not talked to really Tony Khan at all. He maybe has talked to him a total combined 20 minutes, including his signing. Then, during that same interview, he talked about the fans and calling him short. Which I'm going to get to in a second, because I, there's a right and a wrong way to go about it, right? And then last but not least, he voiced his concerns that as a black technical wrestler, he is not awarded the same uh, things as white technical wrestlers, where a white guy could be a technical wrestler and say, oh, that guy is great, he's a technical wrestler. But a black guy has to be more than that. And I will give the credit, and we talked about this, and we, uh, we talked about, there is, there is some validity to that. Mm -hmm. Like as far as he's concerned, I think there is. Yeah. Because there's guys like Zack Sabre Jr. who get all the praise in the world. And then, you know, I feel like Jonathan Gresham gets a little harder. Now, with that being said, I don't know if that's because of his color. And I'm not downplaying it. I'm going to say it like this. Zack Sabre Jr. is in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So the only people who watch him are New Japan fans and the diehards. Mm -hmm. And I would argue amongst the diehards and New Japan fans, there are also Jonathan Gresham fans. So Jonathan Gresham is over in that community. That's a community I'm a part of and you're a part of. Mm -hmm. And he's very over in our community. We admit that he's the best technical wrestler in the world today. Yeah. Uh, You know, I think he's better than ZSJ in my personal opinion. I'm right there with you. And we've said that on air Mm -hmm. numerous times. I think that where he's getting the... Like, and it's not confusion. If he really feels that way, it's a valid opinion. It's just what I said before. I say it about everybody. Yeah. Same thing I said about Big Swall. If you feel mm-hmm. that way, it's a valid opinion. It doesn't mean that that I can't disagree. It doesn't mean that anybody can, can't agree and disagree. But it does mean it's a valid opinion. I personally think, from me, maybe there is some bias. There might be some bias amongst fans. Can't speak for everybody. But as far as how I see it, I think that when you're in a bigger spotlight, this is a guy who signed to AEW or Ring of Honor. Same difference. Mm-hmm. He got a bigger spotlight. And so the hardcore fans who worship you, now you are dealing with the toxic IWC, whether that be the AEW diehards, whether that be the, you know, 
cor- cult of cornet, mm-hmm. whether it be just the trolls out there. But you're definitely dealing with uh, with the 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 worst of the worst. Right? Am I wrong? No, you're absolutely right. It's the most toxic part of Twitter and social media you'll ever find. So I personally think that a lot of it is coming from that that tunnel that he's in now. So because he's at a higher platform now than he ever has been, and a higher platform than definitely a ZSJ. I really feel that, you know, because if you could talk to diehard fans like us mm-hmm. who watch New Japan, who watch, you know, independent wrestling around the world, they will, bar none, all of us will put him in the top five. We put him as number one, as the best technical wrestler in the world. Absolutely. But most people will, even if they don't agree with us at one, they'll put him in the top five. Yeah. It's just outside of that group. that, it, And once again, if he feels that that's race related, it could be for some people. But I think it's more of a sight. Now you're on a bigger pedestal. Even though you didn't feel you were, you were. AEW is a bigger pedestal. Because especially in the IWC community. And the IWC is toxic as shit. (laughs) I don't know. I'd like to get your opinion on that. No, I I fully agree with you about that. I think that now we have always said on here Gresham is amazing. Like from anything he's done from Terminus to GCW to New Japan to like wherever he has shown up, he has always done fantastic work. And like you touched upon it. We always sing his praises wherever he goes to wrestle. And being in this spotlight of AEW, it's just to translate to the pop culture audience. And that's why I always refer to it as the cable audience. Fans like to have a gimmick. Fans like to have a character. And while Gresham's character is he is the best technical wrestler on the planet, sometimes that doesn't translate over to an audience. I mean, the, the easiest example I could say is when Dean Malenko went to the WWE. Mm-hmm. That we all knew him from ECW. We all knew him in WCW as a cruiser, in the cruiserweight division. But when you go to that main roster and it's not the familiar surroundings you're used to and there's a lot more eyes on you, that's when you start seeing fans look at different perspectives. And for the AEW audience, they like a character. That's one thing that's always been driven. You I mean, take a look at how over Danhausen is, how over Orange Cassidy is. If you're a technical wrestler, they also like to have something else to it. And I think it's a shame. I don't think it's right. I think Gresham has a valid argument. And I think that, unfortunately, the social media of pro wrestling got very toxic in the worst possible way to a guy that did not deserve it and a guy that should be headlining cards all over the planet because he's that damn good. Well, I mean, I think he's a victim of other things, and we're going to talk about that in a second. But to, to sum it up, the other part of the thing was the short thing. Mm-hmm. And, yes, he is of a shorter stature. I mean, you can't ignore that. And especially when he was in the ring with Claudio. And Claudio's a, a taller guy, a bigger guy, mm-hmm. but he's not the tallest guy. And the the aesthetics looked really weird. There's a there's a, definitely a picture out there of uh, right before he gave him the little backward suplex off the ropes, the yeah. fall away. It looked like he was carrying a child. And I get it, and I understand, but you can't do anything about being short. He's a tough, strong guy. He wrestles technically. That's all you need to do. Your, your wrestling should speak for itself. You can't just listen to when people say you're short because mm-hmm. you're going to have that. And I wanted to highlight this because MVP, I really think it was speaking on this, and I think, this everybody, is a great quote. I think everybody should do this. I retweeted it uh, at 3FN Podcast on Twitter, but he said, and I follow... A word of advice to those choosing to be a performer. If you put your talents on display for others to see, people will have opinions. In the age of social media, people will state and share their opinions of you and your talents. People say mean things. Develop thick, all in capital letters, skin. 
And I think that that is very good advice to everybody, not just Jonathan Gresham. And I understand mental health is a good, you know, is a big thing. And I understand that we should probably, you know, you know, the toxic internet's not going anywhere. And that's basically what MVP's saying. Because mm-hmm. he's had to deal with the toxic internet. We've dealt with the toxic yep. internet. I don't even like going on Twitter a lot of times because of that. And we talked about it in the show ad nauseum to the point that I don't really feel like talking about it anymore. But at the same point in juncture, I really do feel that that is part of it. And he needed to ignore those people. And unfortunately, he doesn't. And that's fine. All of this led to what we've been told and reported to a John, uh, Jonathan Gresham approaching Tony Khan, asking for his release. The conversation turned heated. And allegedly before he went out, he was cussing out Tony Khan. Well, he felt disrespected. All of the things I just said, the fact that he wasn't talked to, the fact that he didn't tell him what he would be doing after he dropped the belt. He also felt disrespected. They cut the time on the match. I mean, to professionalism, he went out there and did his job Mm -hmm. and dropped the belt. However, sometimes where there's smoke, there's fire. And I I think that he had legitimate gripes. Did he handle it the right way? I don't know. I think he had to voice his opinions. We've heard different sides of the story. I mean, Tony Khan technically is not the head of talent relations for AEW. Last I knew it was Christopher Daniels. Yeah, last that's I last knew. I heard too. But I don't know who's the head of talent relations for Ring of Honor. Right. Because remember, we were told that Ring of Honor, and this has been driven home by Tony Khan in scrums, that the head of the he that the AEW and Ring of Honor are two separate entities. They're two separate. AEW doesn't now own Ring of Honor. Tony Khan owns Ring of Honor. They're two separate entities. He keeps saying that. And I understand it's confusing because you see guys on AEW television. I get it. However, does that mean they have a different director of talent relations? And if so, does that mean Tony's the director? Like, that's the cop-out from the internet has been, well, Tony's not the, the, the talent relations guy. And it's like, but we don't know that in Ring of Honor. Right. Because we don't know what the structure of Ring of Honor is. So all we know is that he's in charge and he's the booker. Mm-hmm. So if they're running it like an indie, you don't have a head of talent relations. You have the booker and the promoter. And in this case, the promoter and the booker are the same person. So that means they would be in charge of talent relations. No, I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, this does explain a lot of how if this is true. Then Gresham's body language completely reflected that. He did go out and do his job. So we have to commend him for being professional about it. He could have obviously just decided not to do it. But you have to think about this, too. He's said he was signed since what, March, April, when the deal went through originally? Something like that. So it was alluded to. How many times have we seen him on AEW television? But he wasn't signed to AEW. He was signed to Ring of Honor. Right. But still, it's a slippery slope, right? It's it's one of those very weird situations that if you have him signed, he is the champion of a brand that you're trying to promote as Ring of Honor, a separate entity. And yet, how many times has he been featured on television in comparison to like Samoa Joe in comparison to, well, I would say FTR, but then that's also a different scenario, too, about them winning the tag team titles and where they're defending him X, Y and Z. It's a very fine line to walk, but I can understand Gresham's frustration that being the champion and being somebody that has bled ROH to the letter and been the franchise guy with that company and stayed with him. Remember when everybody got released? He wasn't going anywhere. He wanted to find out what was going on with Ring of Honor. He could have signed anywhere else. He stayed with him. He was loyal to them. The fact that he stayed there and really was kind of under the assumption that Ring of Honor would be back to a Ring of Honor. It's almost like in the weird sense of 
remember when ECW was bought by WWE and Pauly was in charge of it and everybody thought it was going to be back to business. Mm-hmm. It's kind of maybe like that mentality. I'm only making just a, an opinion about this. Maybe that's what the uh, understanding was going to be, but obviously after Supercard of Honor, we started seeing more AEW guys start winning. And now we're saying that all their champions are AEW. Well, that's what I was going to get to. Like yeah. Even further than this, like the only two champions in Ring of Honor, well, three champions technically in Ring of Honor currently that would be Ring of Honor people, and I mean this loosely, is Mercedes Martinez, mm-hmm. the six-man tag champs with, with Dalton Castle and the boys, yep. and technically Samoa Joe, although we did see the Samoa Joe is All Elite logo, so is Samoa Joe really signed to Ring of Honor or All Elite Wrestling? He wrestles under the Ring of Honor banner. He has wrestled on AEW television under mm-hmm. the Ring of Honor banner. Mm-hmm. So I was assuming that he was wrestled under that, but he also had an All Elite logo too. So it's very confusing. And once again, we don't know the structure. To me, it's the same shit. Yeah. To me, this is a cop-out from Tony Khan that it's not the same. Because there's a lot of confusion going on. So why not get ahead of this? Here we are, Monday. This happened Saturday. It was the talk of the internet. Still no comprehension. This is from Fightful, by the way. Take it for what it's worth. And some, a lot of we, what we covered is just bullet points. This is Jonathan Gresham. He felt disrespected due to lack of communication from the company leading up to this weekend. This is from Sean Ross Sapp saying he talked to Jonathan Gresham. I can believe it. Lack of time for the match also led to feeling disrespected. He asked for his release before the match. He met with Tony before the show and voiced his frustration and escalated him cussing Tony out. Gresham is done with wrestling for the foreseeable foreseeable future after this month. Came out without his usual attire to show people the real him for what could be his last match. And then the important part at the bottom, and he underlined it, no statement from ROH slash Tony, not even during the media scrum. Mm Mm-hmm. Mum was the word about Jonathan Gresham, much like Mum became the word about MJF. And I'm not talking about the possible work part after. I'm talking about the media scrum the night of. Yeah, the exactly right after. Double or nothing. Mm-hmm. There was a Mum is the word. We're not talking about him. Yeah. And it's kind of the same. They didn't even give it to go as far as saying that. But I can see where frustrations are because at the end of the night, when we have the stand tall moment, you have the FTRs, the Ring of Honor Tag Champions. Which I, have, I have no problem with every, all these people being champions, by the way. I just want to point that out. But they are under AEW contract. Mm-hmm. The new Ring of Honor World Champions on the stage, Claudio Castagnoli, who is under an AEW contract. Mm-hmm. The pure Ring of Honor Pure Champion was also on the stage, Wheeler Yuta, also under a Ring of Honor contract. So we ended Ring of Honor's Death Before Dishonor with four guys with three different belts because the tag belts the pure belt and the world belt who are all under all elite wrestling contracts mm-hmm. so at the end of the day we ended up with three active roster AEW guys where was the outrage from the internet and here's why i say that remember when dolph ziggler won the nxt title oh my god remember yeah. what the iwc oh yeah they had to bring down a guy from the main roster they had to bring well where's your outrage now the fake outrage in the wrestling community fucking is, a, you know, if it's not part of your tribe, you're not outraged. And I'm not saying I'm outraged because mm-hmm. I'm not. I just see, like, why you would be frustrated if you're a Ring of Honor guy. Because this is supposed to be an opportunity and we're sold on the idea, which I'm sure most of them are sold on, that this is a separate entity. Yeah. Meanwhile, you're just being used as as filler for AEW. And, and like I say, it just goes back to what is the actual vision for ROH. Are they going to be AEW developmental? Are they going to be their own separate brand? How is this classified? Because if you're having all your champions from AEW, well, 
you can't say they're ROH exclusive because they're not. This is very confusing, and I can understand how somebody like Jonathan Gresham could be angry about this. I fully get this. I get it. There's a lot of different levels to this, and I would like to know what's going on. And once again, Tony Khan should address this. And what Tony Khan should address for those of us that are fans, especially, fuck the media. Because mm-hmm. let's be honest, the media can go fucking suck it, In- including us. I'll be honest with you. It's, it, nobody owes us shit. Mm-hmm. We do a show. Yeah, we're media. We give you our opinions and our takes, and, and you guys enjoy it. That's why you listen. Facts. Or you at least like hearing us talk about it, and then even if you disagree with us, you at least understand we're calling it right down the middle, and we're we're not being biased. So there's, there's whatever. But even I'll, I'll even say fuck us, because he doesn't owe it to me, the wrestling uh, commentator, if you will. Mm-hmm. We're, I want to call us journalists because we're not breaking news, but we're commentators. We give our opinions. We're wrestling we're, we're media. Edi- we're editorial, yeah. but we're still in the media business, yes. right? My point of the matter is, as a fan, I think he does. To me, to you, to anybody who's a real fan. If you're not a real fan, then he doesn't know you should either. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say this is because where are we going to get the disconnect? When are we going to figure out what's going on with this Ring of Honor AEW thing? Obviously, there's no TV on the horizon. We haven't seen an AEW show for two months. They turned around, and for those of us who were supporting a, a Ring of Honor for a long time, like myself, and, and on Honor Club, they screwed us out of everything. Hell, why couldn't you put a weekly show together and put it on Honor Club? The, the, the stuff is there, but you're taking nine ninety nine from people. And in my case, I paid up front to get pay-per-views for free, but yet we paid $40 for this pay-per-view because yeah, we're not honoring that anymore. So my problem is, is there is a way for them to still do it. They could be, if they're doing Ring of Honor shows, they could be running Ring of Honor shows. But I, the problem is Tony has spread himself thin. At the same time that he does all of this, you have to remember he has commitments to Fulham. Mm-hmm. He has commitments to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So he's doing all of this stuff, spreading himself super fucking thin, but he doesn't want to give up any of that control. Because once he ho- he once he got that control away from Cody Rhodes, he's been the megalomaniac of wrestling and nobody wants to stop him. Because everybody on the internet wants to treat him like he's our Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, it's just not that way. And I'm not trying to be a dick about it. But let's get somebody to run Ring of Honor. Let's get somebody to run AEW, or you can run AEW. But I don't think you should be running both. And we should get defined fucking rosters. But I just think it's funny that the internet didn't show up to defend Jonathan Gresham. In fact, they tore him down. But man, it was free Ali. Huh? Yeah. Hey, 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 remember, guys? Remember when Ali, Mustafa Ali, had all those problems? Wanted his release, asked for his release, made all those tweets and shit, mm-hmm. and y'all were like, free Ali, free Ali. There's no reason to keep him under contract. But Jonathan Gresham does, and it's fuck him. Yeah. What the so fuck? not he, fair. He, he wasn't championship material to begin with. He fucking sucks as a wrestler. And I heard that from all sorts of people, including that one scumbag from NY mm-hmm. who likes to suck Tony Khan's cock these days. Let's just call it what it is. But, man... So it's a it's a fucking slippery slope. Tony Khan laying in uh Whoa. So Padawan Jay is giving us updates on Oh yeah, and he, they said and Naomi and Sasha. Yeah, free Naomi and Sasha. But he was giving us updates on Raw. I just looked down. Theory is in the ring with Roman and Roman told Theory your daddy isn't here anymore, and now the crowd is chanting who's your daddy. <laughs> oh, that's it. awesome. But anyways, but I no, but you but you're absolutely right. I mean the fact that if anybody doesn't think Jonathan Gresham is a world champion, seriously, you don't know shit about wrestling. I'll say it right to your face. Go ahead. He, he is one of the best wrestlers on the planet, bar none. And where was 
the outrage about him asking for the release, I didn't see any free Gresham hashtags go up. Everybody went crazy because it was Ali and WWE. But when it's somebody under AEW that wants out, whoa, we get real quiet. We get quiet as the internet, the IWC. If Jonathan Gresham has a valid argument, which he does, in my opinion, then he's either got to have a sit-down with Tony Khan and figure this out, or we got to have a, a way to get him released. To, be, to, to prove a point, I just want to throw this out there. And I, this is all I'm going to say on the situation. I'm not going to mention it later. I'm mm. just going to throw this out here. In the same week where you have Jonathan Gresham upset with the way he's being treated, not communicated with, there was a little bit of whatever what he feels like it might be due to his race. Mm. Which, once again, it's a valid opinion. If he feels sure. that way, it's a valid opinion, sure. right? I'm not saying, don't quote, don't go, oh, Rich says Tony Khan's racist. I'm no, not. No, 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 but I'm not saying AEW's racist or Ring of Honor's racist. I'm never saying that. I'm just saying Same. there's yeah. real concerns coming from Jonathan Gresham, and we've heard these concerns before, but there's real concerns coming from Jonathan Gresham. That's what we're focusing on here, right? Mm-hmm. We don't hear anything from the internet except for shitting on Jonathan Gresham because most of them are AEW fans or they're trolls who don't give a fuck about either. You know, in the call to Cornette, he, they're they're ready to pounce on everybody who isn't you know what their definition of a wrestler is, which is probably still Ricky Morton. Yeah, nothing against Ricky Morton because I love no Ricky no Morton. no, but that's just prime. I'm example. just throwing it out there. Yeah. So with that being said, in the same week that this happens, in the journalist, and I'll give SRS a little credit, he at least has covered the Gresham stuff and then put an and but on it. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. He's covered the stuff with Gresham, but then he's like, and, well, it's it's AEW. It's like the, the little excuse at the end. They tag the and, but the excuse at the end, right? Mm-hmm. But we'll give him credit, right? This is the same week the wrestling, inter- the, the, the wrestling journalists got everybody in a tizzy about Brock Lesnar walking out on SmackDown. And then instantly the internet and the IWC, well, are you going to call him unprofessional like Sasha and Naomi? Are you going to call him unprofessional? He walked out. Well, last I checked, motherfuckers, he was on SmackDown. Now, did he walk out? Did he not? I don't know. You also don't know. And you're just taking the word from Sean Ross Sapp and Brian Alvarez, who said they have sources. So that the argument that, oh, they said they both corroborated it. Well, I can corroborate stories, too. Mm-hmm. I can corroborate the story that me and Ken M are at Disney World right now. Shh. There's two of us here, even though it looks like the 8122 Production Studios. So that doesn't mean shit to me, right? So even if he walked out, he still came back and did the job, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Is, is that correct? Absolutely, yes. But there's no guarantee that he even walked out. And the and but at the end of that statement, and which makes me think it wasn't, is they instantly jumped to going, well, WWE's looking for a replacement for SummerSlam. We've heard it's Goldberg. Well, no, WWE wasn't looking for a replacement for SummerSlam, and I'm going to tell you why. Because the first thing they did, if Brock Lesnar walked out, which we don't know, but we'll, we'll assume, we'll say he did sure, just for we'll the just argument. For argument. If he walked out, the first thing they did is followed him out the door, called him on the phone, and tried to get him back in the building. Obviously, it worked because he came back if he walked out. Right. So it's not they didn't get on the phone and call Goldberg and say, hey, what's your, what are you doing? You good? Oh, we're making different plans for SummerSlam that's a week away? No. Any businessman is going to take care of what's in front of them, especially since Triple H and Stephanie were in the back. I guarantee Triple H called him, followed him out the building, whatever the fuck he had to do to go, hey, come on, big man. Come back in. It's fine. Now, once again, we don't know if he walked out or not. And their evidence, by the way, was funny because they're like, well, the commentator said that he left. Well, the commentators would say he left if it was a work, too, you dumbasses. Mm-hmm. So you guys possibly got work, but you can't take that L. And for some reason, wrestling fans that follow them are sicko fans, and they're like, well, there's no way they're wrong. 
There's no, and they defend them tooth and nail. And you're like, why, why, what did, what do they do for you? Other than conning you out of money so they can make a living. What do they do for you? Cause you want to be on the inside and not have fun watching wrestling. Cause that's what it is right now. There's a, that's why I don't why I listen to the, the internet when I'm watching wrestling. Cause I like to have fun and be a fan. Yes. I break it down. Yes. I give my opinion. Yes. We do reviews and stuff, but I like to be a fan at the end of the day. If I don't like something, I'm not going to watch it. And the only reason I'm bringing up the Brock Lesnar stuff here is, is because we treated that story like it was gospel, but fucking Jonathan, fuck Jonathan Gresham. Like the internet makes no sense to me. The reporters make no sense to me because once again, though, if it's WWE, fuck those guys. But if it's AEW, ah, it can't be that bad. Exactly. It has to be an equal level playing field. Otherwise it's completely slanted and not right and incorrect. And why are people running with it? That's the thing that doesn't make any sense. And Padawan J might be right. He said Brock just got held up at Jimmy John's. Maybe he got fucking hungry. He's got that Jimmy John's deal. He probably went and got some subs. Yeah. The man probably eats like three subs. Oh, easy. He's a monster. Yeah. So who knows what he did? He might, you know, there's a million things. Somebody could just saw him leave the building, thought he stormed out. He just was going somewhere. Yeah. You don't fucking know. The only That's thing- the worst part about it. And nobody's confirmed it from the company, and they've confirmed a lot lately. Yeah, they've been very honest and upfront about a lot of things lately. So the fact that everybody ran with this, and then all you had to do was turn on SmackDown and watch, and then everybody had to all of a sudden start pulling a U-turn for reasons. It's like you were wrong, own it, and be done with it. Why are we still talking about it four days later on the Internet? Yeah, it's over. You're still asking if he's unprofessional? Well, he showed up for his job. Yeah. Regardless of what happened, he showed up. Same thing that Jonathan Gresham did when he came out and dropped that belt. Yeah. So that's the same thing we should give him the credit for. And on top of that, like I said, the only reason I'm bringing that up is because if you have the hard-on for that, let's get a hard-on for somebody who's actually... So as the story develops, we'll see where it goes, but it looks like Jonathan Gresham, unfortunately, for us real wrestling fans, is uh, going to be leaving wrestling for a while. And it's a fucking shame. Yeah. It's absolutely but sickening. But this isn't the first guy who's they, that the internet has ran out of wrestling. So congratulations, guys. Good job. Uh, speaking of, though... For you AEW fans, got some bad news. It's a bad week for AEW, and you guys just don't realize it yet. Tony Khan's tweeting out things. We'll talk about that later. And everybody's having a good time. And when we talk about things in the main event, I'm sorry, it's not all fucking sun, uh, you know, sun and honey in the in the land of all elite. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got some problems on the horizon, possibly. But there's another problem you have on the horizon. It's actually to do with your company, and we're going to cover that, the last thing we cover here. A source working backstage at San Diego Comic-Con said they crossed paths with AEW talents across this last several days, multiple times. And it was obvious how much pain CM Punk was in while moving around and saw him icing his foot multiple times in backstage areas. This is reported by PW Insider and corroborated by a lot of people at Comic-Con who took pictures with the man. So it does not look like their all-out main event is going to be ready to be the main event at all-out. Definitely does not, and that is a very bad sign, especially going into the home stretch of it now. That they're going to have to figure out if CM Punk's not ready to go, what are you going to plug in to make for equal value? Obviously, you could always go if Kenny Omega is back, but then how you explain that? I mean, obviously, they can work something out, but still, for a company that's banking on this, this is not a good sign. No, uh, there, there's, and I'm not saying that it's chicken little in the sky is falling. So don't give me that. But right. it's, it is a. It, we've heard that the rumored uh, main event was going to be uh, CM Punk versus Moxley, Moxley for the belt uh, for the unification match, and it is in Chicago. That's uh, what the the graphic even showed that pretty mm-hmm. much. So that's what they're hoping for. 
I don't think it's going to happen, though. So it looks like uh, we're going to be a little more punk-less, if you will. Uh, with that being said, that's going to do it for the first, uh, the opening contest of the show. We're going to take a quick break. Ken M, during this break, we're going to play music from our good friend, Second Suitor. You want to talk about Second Suitor? Absolutely. So if you are in the 607 area, you definitely got to make sure you make it to the X on August 12th for Suitor Slam 2. So it's going to be a live show, $8 a ticket. You get punk rock by the one and only Second Suitor, which is awesome. You're going to get some wrestling because Sean Carr and Tyler Reed from Second Suitor are going to be taking on Garrett Holiday and Axel Lennox in a contest. And the vignettes have been coming out on social media. So if you want to get more hyped about that match, you can definitely do that. And you just got to basically follow Second Suitor on social media because they have a new album that is also dropping on that day. So... You know, you never know. Tyler might drop it early. I'm not saying I know anything, but I'm just saying he might kind of sprinkle something in there for every fan early. Sounds like a good time. With that being said, this song is called Get It. We're going to listen to that. We'll be right back with the mid card of the show where we're going to talk about the indie roundup from this weekend, New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Climax update, and of course, the previewing the GCW show and the Ric Flair's last match show going down SummerSlam weekend this upcoming weekend. We'll do that after this break. I want you to get it. I want you to understand. I'm doing the best I can, but not as good as I want to be. I just want to get it. I just want to comprehend that I have to make amends with That baseline is hot from Kenan tonight. That can only mean one thing. It is time for the mid-card of this week's episode of 607TWS live on twitch.tv slash 607podcast. All right, you ready? Let's do this-ish. Let's do it. Uh, let's talk about the Indie Roundup. Of course, uh, the Indie Roundup this week brought to you by independentwrestling.tv. Go check them out for all the great independent wrestling action they have coming up every weekend. It seems like they have new live shows and usually a ton of them, mm-hmm. including tonight as we record. They have a brand new uh, Southeast First show where the champion AC Mack is defending the IWTV World's Championship against the number one contender after the mass wrestler. It was Robot Ralph, and we found out Robot Ralph was none other than Atticus Coger, and it is a fans bring the weapons match. So that is going down as we speak right now on IWTV. But if you want to check out independentwrestling.tv, look them up, $9.99 a month. Use the promo code ABSOLUTE to get 
some uh, free free days to check it out. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. Yes. Such good shit, pal. With that being said, this this next uh, uh, card I'm going to run through was on live last last Saturday night on IWTV. We did not watch it live. We did watch the main event live. Yes, we did. After Ring of Honor, but we did not watch the show live. I did get the chance to see it when it went up for On Demand on Sunday. And of course, that was Absolute Intense Wrestling, AIW's big show. They came back after a three-year absence. Absolution 15 from the Tadmore Shine and Akron, Ohio. Here's the rundown of the card. In the opening contest, there was a six-man scramble match. Chase Oliver, Chase Oliver sorry, defeated Gringo Loco, Commander, Matt Cross, Riley Rose, and TKD in 12 minutes, 11 seconds. That match was a barn burner. One of my favorites of the night. It rivaled a, a, a GCW scramble match. Yeah. I want to say that. It was very good. It was a very good match. In an intense rules match, Big Twan Tucker defeated that sick fuck that we love here on 607 TWS, Matthew Justice. He had Bill Alfonso in his corner, 13 minutes, 27 seconds. The Duke found out a way to cheat one away from Maserati West Barkley, friend of the show, 10 minutes and 43 seconds. In a best two out of three falls match, Joslyn Navarro defeated Katie Arquette in two straight falls, 10 minutes and 33 seconds, ending their feud. Next up, we had a dog collar match, and this one got bloody, folks. As the bone collector, Dominic Garini, defeated Casey Carrington. He had Brian Carson and Jackson Stone in his corner, 14 minutes and 8 seconds. Dominic Garini beat them all bloody as hell. Next up, we had a four-way tag team match. The team of members only, Calvin G, which is uh, Calvin G. Lewis and Malcolm Cambridge, defeated the Bitcoin boys of Eric Taylor and Mikey Montgomery, the Jollyville Fuckets of Nasty Russ and T-Money, and to infinity and beyond, Cheech and Clown Delaney, 10 minutes and 45 seconds. In a match of two big bulls, locking horns, Isaiah Broner defeated PB Smooth in 9 minutes and 3 seconds. Mm. Kaplan, who called out Tim Donst, defeated Tim Donst, 6 minutes and 5 seconds. The AIW tag team titles were online. Your champions, the Philly Marino Experience, PME, Marino Taginelli, and Philly Collins defended those titles against Balking Season. Arthur MacArthur and Chuck Stone, 11 minutes and 44 seconds. And at the end of the match, and still, or and new, sorry, world tag team champions, Balking Season, with a sick power bomb. It was a doomsday device power bomb. This thing was sick looking. Amazing. And then the main event came around. But right before the main event, your, at the time, still reigning AIW Absolute Champion and AIW Intense Champion, he had both belts, Matthew Cardona, of course, injured, can't wrestle, came to the ring and said, yep, I'm going here. I turned the belts over, but I get to pick the stipulation for what my belt, my belts are decided in. And they asked him what he chose, and he chose a no-ropes barbed wire match. So we had to wait a minute. That's how we got to see it. Yeah. As they took the ring ropes down, they put up barbed wire, and Joshua Bishop went one-on-one with Derek Dillinger for all the glory, all the gold. This match got 26 minutes and 8 seconds, and at the end of the day, you're new, because they were vacated, mm-hmm. but you're new, AIW Absolute and AIW Intense Champion, babysit himself, JB, Joshua Bishop, comes out on top. Absolutely incredible match. They definitely throw the house down on this one. I mean, it was definitely better than any other barbed wire match I saw that week. Hey. 
but facts. Shots fired. Not even trying to be shots, but it was actually very good. Uh, great card top to bottom. I would just I would say check it out at IWTV. Super, super, super good card. How do you feel about the card as a whole? Card was very solid. Definitely enjoyed what I caught from it. I got to go back and catch up on a couple matches. But listen, AIW is putting on some solid work. If you're not familiar with them, get familiar ASAP. I would say definitely get familiar because they're they are doing some they're doing the Lord's work. Mm-hmm. If you're asking me, I think they are without a shadow of a doubt doing the Lord's work, and I cannot wait to talk more and more about AEW. It's one of my favorites favorite uh, events to talk about. We had one more event to talk about. I know you're super stoked about this and was super pumped about it because this is uh, this is a thing that's near and dear to your heart, and that of course is Glory. Pro yes. Wrestling. Uh, that They had a show go down on their YouTube channel on Sunday. Absolutely free. Absolutely free. St. Louis Vice, which the promo are for that, absolutely phenomenal because Ethan Page was making a stop through. He's been through Glory Pro a few times and definitely put on a hell of a show. The card from top to bottom, very, very solid. Little shakeup at the top with the main event, though. Okay. More people defecting from Team Ambition. Obviously, really? this has been a storyline that's been going on for a little bit with Mike Outlaw and Davey Richards. Uh, unfortunately, there's a, a card subject to change with Glory Pro for this one. So Davey Richards and a few other wrestlers were not able to compete. So there definitely was a little scramble. So breaking down the card, we're just trying to make sure we get the final lineup here going for it. All right, I got it. Okay. So we had uh, in the first match of the night, we had Ethan Price defeat GPA mm-hmm. in a singles match. Second match of the night, and I saw highlights all over the internet for this, and I also saw it live. Or, well, not live, but I watched it. Uh, Jody Threat defeated uh, Heather Reckless. Absolute amazing match. Amazing highlights all over the internet, by the way. Uh, Kenny Alfonso defeated Jay Marston. There was a six-man tag match where Dan the Dad and the Philly Marino experience defeated Davey Bang, Cody Lane, and Sean Logan. Our good friend Ethan Page defeated Warhorse. Mm-hmm. Max the Impaler defeated Ali Catch. Brutal match. There was a United Glory Tag Team title three-way match. Uh, there was a new as Grindhouse, uh, Anakin Murphy and Davey Vega defeated the Hustle and the Muscle, Kareem, Exa- uh, Kareem and Xavier Walker, and Technical Difficulties, Moses the Deliverer, and Raheem De La Suede to become your new United Glory Tag Team three-way, or Tag Team Champion, sorry. Uh, Camaro Jackson defeated Mike Bennett in a one-on-one match. Fantastic. And, and then in the main event of the evening, the glory, the crown of glory title in the Midwest Territory title were both on the line. And at the end of the day, Mike Outlaw takes all as he defeats Tootie Lane in a title change. So now Mike Outlaw is not only your crown of glory champion, but also your Midwest Territory champion. And they've been building that up pretty well. That's been a great feud that's been going on, too. And like I say, he, he won that belt, but with more help from Team Ambition defectors. So that's the storyline that they have been going into. It's And like I say, they put on some of the best stuff you are going to see in independent ro- wrestling, bar none. And obviously there was a big announcement, too, that they are returning to the pageant. Ooh, they're going back to the pageant. Yes. Sweet. So definitely keep your eyes on Glory Pro social media. And definitely if you're following Blogs Count anywhere, I cover Glory Pro because I'm a huge fan of that promotion. I will definitely have a little more updated information as that is coming so you definitely want to make sure that you are following them because, like I said, they are putting on some fantastic cards lately, and you definitely don't want to miss that when you got the chance to. In fact, Live at the Pageant is going to be September 25th. I had to call it up. The Pageant 2, Ludicrous Speed, done in Star Wars font. How do you beat this? How do you beat that at all? 
So definitely make sure you got your calendar circle for that and definitely keep following Glory Pro. Fantastic Cannot work. wait for that. Cannot wait for that. I will be checking out. I'm a big fan of Glory Pro. And the next part is you can watch it for absolutely free on their YouTube channel. So Glory Pro Live on YouTube. Make sure you're following that page. Mm -hmm. Please please subscribe to their YouTube channel and check out. All the events are up there. So it's pretty awesome. Ken M, you know what time it is, right? Time to talk some G1 Climax. G1 time. Let's go. All right. So uh, we're going to pick up on the uh, 20th of July because that was after we recorded. Uh, here, we're just going over the G1 matches, not the matches on the other card. If you would like to watch the G1 Climax, which you should, you can do that on njpwworld.com for as little as 999 yen. It turns out to be about $9 American, sometimes a little cheaper. Also, uh, it is has English commentary for every show. So... Don't feel lost if you do not speak Japanese because they have English commentary. Mm -hmm. So let's cover just the matches from the G1 and give you the up-to-date results from the matches we missed and then up and then give you a little coverage of what's to come this upcoming week. Okay. Uh, in a D-block G1 Climax tournament match, Yujiro Takahashi defeated David Finley. Uh, in a B-block, and this is on the 20th of July, by the way. In a B-block match, Tamatanga defeated Chase Owens. So getting a little revenge on the Bullet Club. Bad Luck Fale defeated Lance Archer in an A-block meeting. And in a C-block meeting, Hiroki Goto defeated Tetsuo Naito. And that was your last match on the 20th. On the 23rd of uh, July, we had the... Uh, let me go scroll down to just the block matches. In a C-block match, ZSJ, Zack Sabre Jr. defeated Aaron Henry. In a D-block match, Shingo Tagagi defeated Yoshihashi. In an A-block match, the Rainmaker, Kazuchika Okada, defeated Toriyanu. <laughs> and in the main event of the evening, in a B-block match, the IWGP World's Heavyweight Champion, the Switchblade Jay White, defeated Tamihiro Ishii. Let's jump to the 24th of July, which was just yesterday as we're recording. Uh, and of course, uh, in a D-block match, El Phantasmo defeated Yujiro Takahashi. It was a battle of Bullet Club there. Mm -hmm. In a B-block match, Sonata defeated Tai Chi. In an A-block match, Jeff Cobb defeated Bad Luck Fale. And in a C-block match, the ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi, defeated Tetsuo Naito. Uh, real quick, let's give up the updated ones, and then we'll give out the rankings, shall we? All right, let's do it. Coming up on July 26th, so tomorrow if you're listening live, uh, we have in a B-block match, Great Okan versus Chase Owens. In a C-block match, Kenta versus Evil. So battle of former Torture Club members, because obviously Kenta left Torture Club to just go back to Bullet Club proper. Uh, A-block matchup between Filthy Tom Lawler and Lance Archer. And a D-block match of the former Finjuice tag team as Ooh. David Finley will take on Rock Hard Juice Robinson. Uh, night 7 of the tournament to take place on July 27th. We'll have uh, tournament matches in the D block. The Billy Goat, Will Osprey taking on Yujiro Takahashi. An A block match, Toriyanu versus Bad Luck Fale. C block match, Hiroki Goto versus Aaron Hanrai. And in a B block main event, Tamahiro Ishii versus the good bad guy, Tamatanga. And then, of course, July 30th, which will still be before we record our next show, David Finley versus Shingo Tagagi in a D-block match. Filthy Tom Lawler versus Jonah in an A-block match. Sonata versus Great Okan in a B-block match. And in the main event in a C-block match, we have the ace Hiroshi Tanahashi taking on Zack Sabre Jr. And last but not least, because it's before we record as well, the July 31st event will happen. And in that, we'll have an A-block match, Jeff Cobb versus Lance Archer. D-block match of Yoshihashi versus Juice Robinson. 
Uh, B-Block match of the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. The Switchblade Jay White taking on Chase Owens. I fully expect Chase Owens to just lay down. Yeah. The Rainmaker Kazuchika Okada will take on Bad Luck Fale in an A-Block match. And in a C-Block match, we're going to get a grudge match as Tetsuya Naito will go one-on-one against his former partner, Evil. A lot of great matchups coming on. Also, might I add, the man who took the title off of me. Yeah, we all forget about that. The Evil had that run. Are you ready for the rankings as of right now? Let's do it. So, in A block, tied for third place, which means I don't know how many matches they've wrestled, but uh, I can just tell you they're tied for third place. All with zero points. Lance Archer, Filthy Tom Lawler, and Jonah. Oh. In second place, and these guys are all uh, all have two points, we have Jeff Cobb, Bad Luck Fale, and Tori Yano. Tori Yano's surprising me in this one. And in first place, with four points, we have the Rainmaker, Kazushka Okada, in A block. In the B block... All tied in third place, all with zero points. We have Tomohiro Ishii, the Great Okan, and Chase Owens. In second place, in second place, all tied three-way tie, also all with two points. We have Sonata, Tamatanga, and Tai Chi. And in first place of B Block, with four points, the IWGP World's Heavyweight Champion, Jay White. In C Block, kind of sounds the same. In third place, all with zero points, Evil, Tetsuo Naito, and Kenta. In second place, there's a three-way tie with two points each, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Goko, Goto, sorry, and Aaron Hanrai. And in first place of C-Block with four points, Zack Sabre Jr. And last but certainly not least, and this is where they change up a little bit, in second place in D-Block with zero points, we have a two-way tie between Yoshihashi and Finn, David Finley. And then we have a one, two, three, four, five-person tie for first place, all with two points. El Fantasmo, Shingo Tagagi, Yujiro Takahashi, Rock Hard Juice Robinson, and the Billy Goat Will Osprey. That's a weird lineup, though, for to all be tied for first place. There, I, I'm here for it, though. It's great. It's a that's the tightest one in the group. But hey, it's still early, so everybody's got a chance out there. I can't wait to talk more about uh, G1 next week. It's going to be great. There's like, four or five events that I just listed off. Yeah. So you got a lot to watch if you're watching NJPWWorld.com. Of course, tune into that and also tune into us as each and every week we go over what's going on in the world of the G1 Climax. Are you ready now to talk some fun shit? I mean, it's all been fun, hasn't it? I mean, we always have fun here at 607TWS. I don't know what you're talking about. Ah, yes. But uh, are you ready to have some real fun? Of course. Because it is now time to talk about one of our favorite things, and we don't mind being marks to this, and that is Game Changer Wrestling. GCW returns this upcoming Friday night from the fairgrounds in Nashville, Tennessee, as part of the SummerSlam kickoff. And they re- they return with GCW the People versus GCW, and this is one of their biggest events to date. And they're doing it SummerSlam weekend in Nashville, Tennessee. Are you ready to talk about it? Hell yeah, let's do this. Here's the lineup for the night. In a singles match, we have Psycho Clown going one on one with the Bad Boy Joey Janela. That's going to be ridiculous. Kevin Blackwood makes his Midwest debut for GCW, not in total, but for GCW, as he'll take on Masha Slamovich. In a six-man tag team lucha match, we have the team of Black Taurus, Gringo Loco, and Jack Cartwheel taking on the team of ASF, Commander, and the Laredo Kid. (laughs) 
In a match that I'm definitely looking forward to, the sauce god Alex Zane goes one-on-one with all elite Nick Wayne. We have a three-way match for the GCW World Tag Team Championships. Your champions, Bussy, Ali Catch, and Effie, will defend those titles against Los Macesos, Ciclope, and Mado Extremo, and the second gear crew, Mance Warner and Matthew Justice. Here's a match that's going to be another barn burner, pun intended. Bandito returns to Game Changer Wrestling to go one-on-one with the East Coast ace, Jordan Oliver. And then in a match that's happened before, but I'll, I'll see this match all the time, Speedball Mike Bailey goes one-on-one with G- 607 TWS's favorite asshole, Tony Deppin. And that brings us to the main event of the evening. For the Game Changer Wrestling Heavyweight Championship of the World, your champion, John Moxley, goes one-on-one. I'm just going to say what I want him to be. All heart, a.k.a. the best in the fucking world, Blake Christian. This match we've been waiting for, it's going to be there. The number one contender takes on the champion in Nashville, this is a great match, top to bottom. You can get it on Fight.TV. Uh, I do believe it's uh, 13 bucks, And it is well worth the price of admission. Oh, my freaking God. This card is stacked top to bottom. Name me one bad match you just read off. There is not one. And I'm going to say this. You're going to have two end news this night. Ooh. I'm going on the bold prediction. As much as I love Bussy and... I think that they've been great champions. It's Macisos' time. They're taking the belts. You're calling the shot for Macisos? Calling the shots for Macisos. And I think we're finally going to get done with Graveheart. We're going to get back to business. The best in the world is going to take the title from John Moxley. Blake Christian is going to get crowned. And I'm even going out on a limb and saying you'll have a Johnny Gargano appearance at the end of the night. Unfortunately for us fans, though, I will I do have some bad news. <laughs> The People versus GCW will be going down this Friday night after the last match of Ric Flair. So it's 11.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Seriously? Yes. I'm <sighs> looking at it right now. And it is $14.99. Still, it's not a bad time. I'm looking at it. You can look at it right now. I'm looking at it on fight. I'm yeah. showing it on my phone. Uh, so it is coming up after, unfortunately, the Ric Flair's last match uh, simulcast. Unfortunately. But, I mean, if you're already watching Ric Flair... You might as well get that. And if you're not watching the Ric Flair show, that's going to be that's going to be either drink a ton of coffee or get up super early next morning. I'm I'm gonna I I I'll I'll figure out what we're doing. Yeah, because <laughs> I I might stay up for it. I might not. I'm also kind of on the fence about the Ric Flair's last match. Quite honestly, I may actually order it. I'm not gonna lie. I might I might actually order because I we're gonna go over it right now. Speaking of which, okay. And this is gonna go down. By the way, the pre-show will begin at 6.05 Eastern on Friday, July 29th. Holy shit. <laughs> That's the pre-show. It starts at 7. But think about it. They're doing 6.05, which is, I, thought, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, throwback, yeah. Are you ready to talk about this? Yeah. And this is in no particular order, by the way. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to talk oh, about the undercard. Let's go. Wait a minute. No, no, no. Oh. Oh. They changed it. 
Let me check fight real quick. I we're 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 live, guy. We're doing this live, and if anybody does not know, Ric Flair is allegedly having his last match this coming Saturday. They're making a very big event about it. I'm wrong. It's Sunday. Why is GCW running so late? On Friday, I have zero fucking clue. Because it's in Nashville, it's not like they're on the West Coast. I know. I'm trying. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to investigate as we speak. But either way, I mean, I'll I'll talk about the Ric Flair stuff though. Uh, if you haven't been following though, like we we've touched upon, uh, he is booked to have his quote unquote last match. I don't know if they're doing this as a bundle, but Black Label Pro is doing a show at uh, at six p.m. Huh? From the same venue. Okay, then that all right? Then that makes sense then. So they must be teaming with Black Label Pro. Well, that's gonna be an awesome show, regardless. Because though. I'm uh, looking. I don't know if there's a package to get both of them. Because sometimes they can do, sometimes not. But the the Black Label Pro has Dan the Dad and Shark Boy versus Violence is Forever. <laughs> okay, I'm in. There's a BLP Heavyweight Title Monsters Ball Match: Joshua Bishop versus PCL versus Levi Ever versus Calvin Tankman. Jesus Christ. James Storm versus Brian Keith. Josh Alexander versus Kevin Blackwood. Billy Starks versus Steph Delander. Uh, Kensuke Takashita versus Nick Wayne. Speedball, Mike Bailey, Anthony Green, Cole Raderick versus the Bang Bros and Jordan Oliver. Hmm. Crowbar versus Jake something, and also appearing as Eric Young and Big Damo. Okay. And that is on 6 p.m. on July 29th. So that's the same, and it's from the same venue. So. All right, that makes sense then. That's $9.99, by the way. So even if you can't buy them together, it's only 10 bucks. Well so worth I, it. So see, I did some... I did some looks, okay? I'm just trying to... Also, the Ric Flair... The roast of Ric Flair is at 9 p.m. On Sunday or Saturday? On on, on Friday. Or Friday, rather. 29th. Days are all blending right so now. So it might have something to do with that as well, because I don't know if they're coming from the same venue. Because there might just be a whole big... Well, obviously, shindig. they're making a big deal about Ric Flair's retirement. And rightfully so. I will say this if if this is the last match. So they're obviously are really stacking this up to make it an event and obviously competing in the same neck of the woods as WWE SummerSlam. You want to have an event that really stands out. So this does make some sense to me. I'm just not a super fan of Rick wrestling at this age, even though they have done a build for it. There's a story. See, this is why sometimes when we do it live, this is what we find out. I, th- I thought that they were both the same night, but no. So Black Label Pro is coming to you at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time from the same building. And then at 11.30, it's going to be GCW. I'm assuming that it's all this, all tied in with the Ric Flair shit. Mm-hmm. So that it's not part of the package for the Ric Flair show, but I'm assuming Black Label Pro will go from like 6 to 9. The Ric Flair roast will go from 9 to 11. GCW is at 11.30. Yeah. That's why I think it's – because I'm pretty sure they're from the same venue because I'm looking that up now, and it appears, yes, they're from the, Na- the Nashville Municipal Auditorium is where the actual – where the Ric Flair uh, match is going to be. But the roast and stuff is the fairgrounds. Gotcha. So, that solves all those problems. So, the main event of the night is GCW. Anyways, let's talk about the Ric Flair final match card, shall we? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. By the way, 11 matches on this card. Jesus Christ. We have a bunkhouse battle royal. Adam Priest versus Big Damo versus Brian Myers versus Bully Ray versus Crimson versus Crowbar versus Gringo Loco versus James Storm versus Cal Hero versus Commander versus Ricky Shane Page versus Sin Bodhi versus Wolfie D versus a to be announced. Okay. Then we have Ren Narita taking on Yua Yuamore. Hmm. So a New Japan match. Yep. We have Davey Sm- Boy Smith Jr. taking on Killer Cross. Okay. We have the Von Erichs, Marshall Von Erich and Ross Von Erich taking on the Briscoes, Jay and Mark. 
We have the uh, formerly known as the American Wolves, just now known as the Wolves. Davy Richards and Eddie Edwards taking on the Motor City Machine Guns. Ooh. We have the Rock and Roll Express made up of Kerry Morton and Ricky Morton taking on the Four Horsemen team of Brian Pillman Jr. and Brock Anderson. Interesting. Mm. We have uh, a Four Corners match where we're going to see Alan Angels versus Jonathan Gresham versus Kensuke Takashita versus Nick Wayne. We have another four-way match where we're going to see, it's this is a Lucha one, probably represented by AAA, because it's Bandito versus Laredo Kid versus Ray Phoenix versus Taurus. We have a three-way match for the Impact Knockouts World title, your champion Jordan Grace defending against Deanna Perazzo and Rachel Ellering. We have a singles match for the Impact World title. Uh, your champion, Josh Alexander, defending against Jacob Fatu. And in the main event of the evening, in Ric Flair's retirement match, we have a tag team extravaganza as Ric Flair will team up with his son-in-law, Andrade Al Idolo, to take on the team of Jay Lethal and Double J Jeff Jarrett. It's a good card. It's a good the card. The main event, maybe not so much, yeah. but it's a good fucking card. No, it's a it's a good card except the main event. Main event, I got no interest in. I got I gotta be honest. I I'm I'm intrigued. Well, yeah, because you know what, I'll, I will say this: a lot of the promotions have have extended the talent, so they'll be represented throughout that card, and especially for me, an eleven card or eleven match card. You're going to see a lot of exposure, a lot of different promotions, and this is something for a wrestling fan. If you want to get into something new that you haven't seen before, this is a perfect way to do it. I just have no interest in the main event. By the way, there's a ton of bundles to do with this. Yeah. There is the Ric Flair's Last Match bundle on Fight.tv that comes with uh, uh, it comes with all the star cast shows, the Last Match pay-per-view itself, the Roast of Ric Flair. So actually, this is what it comes with. Giving you a quick rundown, on July 29th, you get the Roast of Ric Flair at 9 p.m. On July 30th at 10 a.m., you get the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. At 11.45 a.m., you get Insight with Chris Van Vliet featuring Claudio Castagnoli. At 3.15 Eastern, you get One Last Ride for the Horsemen. At 5 o'clock, you get 30 Years Later with Brett the Hitman Hart talking about SummerSlam 92. On July 31st, starting at 10 a.m., you get Foley as Pod. At 11.45, you get Soraya turning the page. At 135, you get Click This with Kevin Nash. At 315, you get What's Next with Johnny Gargano. At 5 p.m., you get The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. And at 7 p.m., it's Ric Flair's last match. That is $200, though, if you want all of it. <sighs> did, did you hear that right? $200. Now, yeah. you can get the one that's just this, the roast and the Starcast stuff with the last match. That's $100. That's $100, I was going to say. That's $100. There's a docuseries that's free. And I'm trying to get the price of just the last match. I do want to say it's forty. I think that is right. Uh, here we go. Yep. Nope. Thirty four ninety nine. Okay. So that's a Sunday at In seven the p.m. The free show is uh, the pre show starts at six oh five, and uh, it is thirty four ninety nine. I mean, it's not a bad price if you're interested. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. For me personally, I don't know. That's just yeah, me. I'm gonna I'm gonna join you on that. I don't know. Yeah, like. Like, here's, here's the thing. At this stage of the game, Ric Flair, obviously, Hall of Famer, legendary wrestler, arguably the greatest of all time. At his age and his health, I don't want to see him in the ring. And I don't care it's a tag match with Andrade, and I know Jeff Jarrett and Lethal are going to do a great job. I don't have an interest to see this. So for me, trying to do this on my math system, 40 or 35 bucks for 11 matches is a solid deal if I want to see everything but the main event. But... Is it enough for me with everything going on this weekend to donate that time and dollar? That's going to be a game time decision. 
So yeah. that, that, that's where I'm kind I'm of. leaning towards I probably won't. I'm just saying if if you are going to watch it is it is a pretty solid card. Yeah, no, I'm, giving, a, I'm giving it credit. Credit where credit's due. It's oh, a sure. solid card. Sure. Very 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 solid card. However, if you don't have time to do it, I get it. I, I get it. I really do. Yeah. You know, not all of us have uh, endless time. You know what I mean? Mm. Not all of us. Not all of us. But anyways, with that being said, Ken M, we are going to take a our final break of the show. And uh, I'm looking up something right now because we have... Oh, we don't. He does. We do not have any new music. I, I thought we were going to have some new music. Uh, next week, we're going to play some new music from a band called Obscure Form. Somebody who re- reached out to me. So support them. You can find them everywhere. But they do not have their new stuff up yet on YouTube Music. I just end up. I just have it. And I don't have it in the iPad. So I, I apologize. So next week, we will play them. I promise them that much. Uh, but this week, we'll play our good friend Shout at the Motherfucking Robots, okay? Because I love Shout at the Robots. I hear rumors that they have a new album coming out soon. Oh, in fact, they've reactivated their Patreon. Ooh. So they do have something special coming for patrons very, very soon. Julian put out the memo. So you, if you're not signed up on Shout's Patron, it's patron.com slash Shout at the Robots, all one word. Go support the hell out of them. And like I said, Julian's got something special in the works for everybody. Well, that sounds beautiful. And during this break, we are going to play the theme song from the 3FN podcast. That song is called Fail Better. When we come back from this break, it is time for finally for the main event of this week's 607 TWS. We're talking all things World Wrestling Entertainment. There's a bunch of big news as you get. Unless yeah. you were living under a rock. <laughs> we're going to touch on all of that, give our opinions and stuff on that. And, of course, we're also going to preview this upcoming Saturday's SummerSlam pay-per-view event. All that when we come back from this final break. This week's 607 TWS live on Twitch 
dot tv slash 607 podcast and you know what we lied there is no interesting news to talk about no no there's no main event news nothing happened this week in pro wrestling nothing no am i, am I wrong no no so we're gonna be wrapping up the show you know, right now. yeah right about now because it, literally we just lied to you because we had to drag it out we yes. had to have a third we had to act like we had a third segment right because nothing happened there was nothing at all no we saw the script of the show nothing sorry sorry guys sorry <laughs> allegedly, that we pulled, allegedly. sorry that we pulled the wool over your eyes nothing to see here never mind <laughs> i wish that was the case ken m because oh. are you ready to talk i am ready to talk let's do this because this is gonna be a talk world wrestling entertainment <laughs> <laughs> oh boy have they had a tumultuous last three months yes how they've had a tumultuous last, well, Friday. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, four days, we'll say. Mm -hmm. Almost four full days. Just when we thought <laughs> that it couldn't get any wilder. Wilder lore. Yeah, yeah, I can't even speak right now. Just when we thought it couldn't get any more wild or any more weird in the world of world wrestling entertainment, the last four days happened. Yes. So let's start in a, in a somewhat chronological order, shall we? Okay. Friday morning, we found out, and by the way, very heavily worded by WWE, that effective immediately, Triple H has been reinstated to his position of executive vice president of talent relations. Mm-hmm. Huge. So that means John Laronitis is gone because he was acting and filling in for Triple H. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wish him well in his future endeavors. Yep. You're going to hear that enough in a, a minute. A lot. <laughs> but that happened Friday morning. So Trips is back officially. Uh, we know he was starting to do things since his wife became the acting chairwoman. However, how are you feeling about him being back as the head of talent relations? Let's start there. All on board. Triple H did a great job as that. And you know what? I am f very excited for the future right now. I mean, let's be honest. The boom period of hiring and the most talent that we saw, and whether you're a hater or not, you have to admit that NXT Black and Gold was was destination television if you're a real wrestling fan. If you're a hater, that's fine. You're going to say whatever. The AEW fans, they'll be apologists. But, like, dig down deep and tell me that Black and Gold NXT ran by Triple H wasn't some of the best television WWE's put on in years. Oh, it, it obviously is made the brand what it was and the stars that are on the main roster now listen every star allegedly they don't make stars yeah but every star in wwe and a lot over at aew came out of black and gold and yeah you can be like oh well they wrestled in the indies prior to that that's fine but they got a lot of notoriety for the black and gold let's be honest look at the uh the the tribal chief roman reigns mm -hmm. came through fcw slash nxt the current interim AEW world champion. So that's two world champions. John Moxley came through NXT. One of the top acts in the world, possibly one of the best wrestlers in the world. I've heard a lot of argue it. Seth freaking Rollins mm -hmm. was the first NXT champion. Bray Wyatt came through NXT. Kevin Owens came through NXT. Sami Zayn came through NXT. The uh, AEW All-Atlantic champion, Pac, came through NXT. Ring of Honor champion Claudio. Ring of Honor champion Claudio Castagnoli, a.k.a. Cesaro, came through NXT when Triple H was there. All Triple H hires. The Street Profits. The list goes on and on. It's pretty much everybody who's at the top of the card, with the exception of AJ Styles. 
Undisputed Elite. The Undisputed Elite all came through NXT. All were hired by Triple H. Mm-hmm. So to say the man has a knack for talent. Now, mind you, yes, they were all very talented people. I'm not going to say that. But the guy was the, the smart enough to hire all of them. Yep. Now, what happened after he got, you know, fell with the heart issue? I can't put that on Triple H. Mm-hmm. He did what he could do. And then they gutted his system. Yeah. But guess what? He's back. And uh, we found out two weeks ago he invited indie people to the tryouts. So he's back, and he's looking to get that talent going. And it's not the last thing we're going to mention about Triple H. So I think that's very good news for World Wrestling Entertainment, that Triple H is back as the head of talent relations. But that wasn't the biggest news on Friday. Because mere hours later, Vincent Kennedy McMahon tweeted that he was 77 years old. Maybe it's time to call it a career. And he announced his retirement which WWE put out a uh, uh, press release about right after. So Vince McMahon has retired from the wrestling business, stepped down completely from everything WWE, and retired. And I know a lot of people are still having a hard time believing that, but he did. Let's just talk about Vince McMahon's departure. Let's say, let's let's do it this way. This, the reason he stepped down, we obviously know, is the scandal that's been happening. Mm-hmm. Facts. And how that's escalated, and maybe there's even more stuff, maybe there's not. It doesn't matter at this point. The damage is done. So to save face for the company, Vince had to go. And at 77, I think it's just time for him to go. Sure. He was out of touch for a while. The product has been stale for a while that himself and his yes-men were running. Maybe it's a time for the changing of the guard. That's definitely coming up in the next few minutes of us talking. So let's get that out of the way. But to ignore what Vince McMahon did for pro wrestling is criminal. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying he's a great guy. Is Did he break any laws? Technically, no. Not of what he's accused of. No. He's morally bankrupt. Yeah, morally he's a scumbag, in my opinion. Yeah, oh, mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I agree. He's a scumbag. He's morally bankrupt. But as far as legal ramifications, there is none. Right. Even with the thing coming out about them, uh, by the way, the Variety article about WWE and the $14.9 million is just pointing out, if you read it, was just pointing out that WWE, because of Stephanie McMahon, reported to the Stock Commission and to the IRS that that $14.9 million was company funds. They are adding that into the numbers for those three years, so they will have to pay penalty. Mm -hmm. That's not breaking the law. No. It's just like finding extra money. And because they turned it in, guess what? No harm, no foul. Right. They'll owe a few million dollars in penalty, and that'll be it. And the reason why is because Stephanie's a smart businesswoman and knows we have to get away from this. If not, somebody could come after us for the money. So it's better for our accountants and stuff to crunch the numbers, get all the numbers and ducks in a row, turn them in ourselves. And I think that it's also an honest business move because I think Stephanie McMahon is trying to move in an honest business way. Mm Mm-hmm. Just throwing that out there. So, no, there is no criminal stuff. It's all been blown out of proportion. I'm not saying what he did was right. Right. I'm just saying it wasn't a criminal act. So, going after him like he was a criminal is not. He's a morally bankrupt scumbag piece of shit. No arguments out Mm -hmm. of us. Right. However, I will say this. It is criminal not to acknowledge what he's done for pro wrestling. Because without Vince McMahon, there is no AEW even for you AEW marks. Mm -hmm. Without Vince McMahon, there's no independent wrestling. Without Vince McMahon, there is no wrestling on a global scale. Before all of this happened with Vince, he was a young man who had to buy his father's company because his father wouldn't give it to him. 
with investors' money that God knows where he came up with. Yeah. And then after that, he had to try to build a national wrestling company when everything before that was regional. Not only did he do that, he used syndicated television, which nobody had done except for in their local areas. Mm-hmm. And on top of all of that, he then gambled the whole farm on this cockamamie idea of doing this massive event at Madison Square Garden that would be simulcast. There was no pay-per-view, folks. It was simulcast to other arenas. Uh, just to understand, because I know some of the younger listeners probably, and even some of the other older listeners, even my age, simulcasting technically was around because I was alive when the first WrestleMania, but I don't remember it. So what simulcasting was is you would have an event that would play on a screen in an arena. So like here, where our arena is called the Broome County Veteran Memorial Arena. So you would go to the Broome County Veteran Memorial Arena, there'd be this giant screen like a movie theater, and you would sit in arena seats and you would watch an event. They did it for boxing, they did it for Elvis. Yep. Uh, they've done it for a bunch of stuff at that point in Juncture. The first WrestleMania was shown on simulcast. There was very few pay There was some pay-per-view. Some, but, it was, but not it anything was in at its that infancy. level. By the way, pay-per-view back then, because the first one that I remembered having pay-per-view for was WrestleMania three. It's one of my first memories. Back then, you used to have to go and get a little box from the cable company that you got for the day, plug the box into your cable... And then it would descramble the pay-per-view for you, and then you'd have to return the box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could do, the box wasn't good for anything else, so you could, there's no reason to keep it. That's what you used to have to do for pay-per-view. It wasn't just ordering it up. You know, like it became, and then now we have internet. Mm-hmm. So he raised this cockamamie idea. That it was called WrestleMania, named that by the, the late, great uh, Fink. Mm-hmm. The Fink, Howard Finkel, came up with the name. And that became the empire that was known as the World Wrestling Federation that would then become World Wrestling Entertainment. And for better or for worse, if that doesn't happen, there's no WCW, there's no Monday Night Wars, there's no Hulk Hogan, which Hulk Hogan led to Stone Cold, which led to The Rock, which led to John Cena, which led to Roman Reigns, and so on and so forth. There's no Breath of Hitman Hart, there's no Shawn Michaels, there's no Undertaker. There's no crazy-ass stories. There's no plane ride from hell. Mm-hmm. There's no ECW. There's no TNA. There's no Impact. And then sh- there sure as hell is no All Elite Wrestling. Once again, is he a piece of shit? Absolutely. But credit where credit's due, he created wrestling as we know it today. Without Vince, the businessman... Wrestling is still very low-key, not in the public eye. You would almost want to say it's like the circus when it comes to town. Well, it's dingy, smoke-filled, and put in dark-ass arenas. Yep. You can find those videos easy. Just go Actually, just go on the uh, WWE Network. Sorry, Peacock now. And look at some of the matches from the early 80s that they have on there. And you'll see what I mean. Exactly. So without Vince and that vision to make it a global entity... And take it as far as he physically could and made it into an industry because it just started out being a business. But let's face it, he revolutionized the industry where now you have AEW following in those footsteps. You had WCW following in those footsteps. Some surpassed him at times, some did not. But still, they laid the groundwork about how to make this into a profitable business. And think about how many people are employed via the wrestling business. Anything from your wrestling journalists, everything from your talent, your people behind the scenes, everybody doing the internets and working the websites, 
everything has now rolled into basically going back to Vince. And like we say, him as a person, totally different story. But for what he did to create this business and world that we all live in called pro wrestling, you have to give him his flowers for. Well, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. As a person, he's a scumbag. Nobody's celebrating Vince the person. We're celebrating Vince the man who is a wrestling promoter. Mm-hmm. And it's not really celebrating. It's just giving the man his due. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's why when people jumped on Soraya for doing it or AJ Mendez, CM Punk's wife, came out and said some very nice things about Vince and a whole bunch of other people. The reason why is because they all realize on some level they would not be where they are if it wasn't for Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't make them bad people for thanking somebody. That makes you a good person for thanking somebody. That doesn't mean that you have to like that person and what they stood for. That doesn't mean we have to like his actions. It doesn't mean we have to like whatever. He's not in the same category of he who shall not be named. Right, I was just going to Because say he's that. not done anything that abhorrent. Has he done some horrible shit? Absolutely. Oh, fuck yeah. But not on that level. So, yeah, fuck Vince McMahon, the human being, because he's a scumbag. But as far as the wrestling world, everybody needs to at least give him the nice, hey congratulations thank you so much for what you did pat on the ass as you walk your way out the fucking door mm-hmm. uh on a personal level and on a business fuck this on a business level he was out of touch i can compare this if you're any if there's anybody out there like me that's a las vegas slash oakland raiders fan we knew that when al davis was alive there was gonna be problems and i'm not saying we wish death on the man but we knew as long as he was the head of the raiders we were in fucking trouble mm-hmm Jerry Jones in Dallas. If you're a Cowboys fan, you feel me. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a lot of times that even if we beloved them, you know, on the other end, you had somebody, you know, he wasn't a perfect human being, but definitely in the second half of his career was great. And the late great George Steinbrenner. Uh, in the first part of his career, kind of an asshole. Yeah. Second half, he was the most loved person in Yankee Nation. Mm-hmm. Kind of interesting how that turned around. <laughs> but the, bo- the boss ended up being a lot better. Yes. Uh, everybody else, you know, kind of has fallen the other direction. And that's fine. We don't wish death upon anybody here, especially. And definitely not even on Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. But he was out of touch. They were in trouble bankrupting themselves creatively. They were resting on the laurels of this machine. CM Punk said it best in the pipe bomb. You're just going to be a cog. This machine will roll on no matter what because fuck it. It's just that's it. It's the machine. And that's what they were doing. They weren't growing anything. They weren't making anything new. Yeah, they're making money hand over fist. They're the most profitable they've ever been. But that's because they market themselves well. And this is a good move to get him out because amidst the scandals, they're not going to be that profitable if he stays. Mm -hmm. And now we're going to get into the other parts of this creatively. So I just wanted to say thanks to Vince McMahon, the promoter, the man that is worthwhile of giving me most of the wrestling that I watch today or the reason why it's as successful Mm -hmm. because without the Monday Night Wars we don't have all this streaming shit and everything else because wrestling was not as marketable until the Monday Night Wars no matter how much people try to try to lie to you (laughs) Uh, prior to that there was some some business Hulkamania definitely helped yeah so with that and once again another scumbag of a human being but give him his flowers for what he did for the business with that being said Getting it out of the way. That left some interesting stuff for Friday. So Friday, and we're not going to jump back into the Brock Lesnar thing because that's not important to the fucking story. So Friday, we find out, after he retired, we found out that this is how it's going to roll. There is co-CEOs in World Wrestling Entertainment. That would be Nick Khan, who was formerly president of the company, and Stephanie McMahon, who is formerly the executive vice president of overall, I think, or whatever it was, the exact title. 
I forget. It's, I think she was the chief branding officer as well. If I, if I remember correctly. Or maybe even the CFO. She was CFO, if, if I'm not mistaken. But anyways, she is now the co-CEO. Now, let's do a little business lesson for everybody at home. <laughs> CEO means chief executive officer, which means you are in charge of the company. That's the business terminology above president. A lot of companies have a CEO that sits above a president, and then you have all your EVPs. Correct? Facts. So basically, Nick Khan got a promotion to being a CEO. And Stephanie McMahon got a promotion for being a CEO as well. But Stephanie McMahon, the more important part, is the chairwoman of World Wrestling Entertainment and is listed as such now by the board. The board did ordain that, if you will. Mm -hmm. They voted. Stephanie is now the chairwoman of World Wrestling Entertainment. What this means for the people sitting at home is that the owner of World Wrestling Entertainment is no longer Vincent Kennedy McMahon. I'm sure he still has stocks. Oh, yeah. The owner is Stephanie McMahon. Whoever the chairwoman is or chairman is the owner. That's how a business works. Mm -hmm. So she is chairwoman and CEO. So she's got her hands in the business and she's the chairwoman. I'm assuming that because of legal reasons, Vince will probably sign over his controlling stocks if he hasn't already. And he will in return get whatever stock Stephanie gives him in return. Or Stephanie might just pay him. Yeah, there'll be some kind of workout for that. Not that Vince needs fucking money. Right, but it'll still be the business send-off. Happens all the time. So that is a little business lesson for those at home because they. I've heard a lot of, oh, well, who's the owner? Is Nick Khan the owner? No, no, no. Stephanie McMahon owns the World Wrestling Entertainment just because she has the title of chairwoman. Mm-hmm. And she's also the CEO. Co-CEO, sorry. So let's fast. So that's that sells that. I think that's pretty good. Uh, and the aspect of Nick Khan being a great businessman, look at his numbers. He They have... Uh, been the most profitable they've ever been under his presidency mm-hmm. uh seriously making billions of dollars in revenue yeah so for those of people out there for some reason that think wwe's hurting and needs to do this or that i don't think they are that 14.9 million in the penalty for it is a drop in the fucking bucket for world wrestling entertainment are you kidding me they made over a billion dollars in profit yeah they're not losing any sleep about that one okay so he's done a good job as a financial guy. I completely seeing it, and correct me, maybe you have a different opinion. I completely seeing it being he's going to be in charge of business. So he'll be the guy who's talking to the networks. He'll be the guy who's talking to the advertisers. He'll be the guy who's talking to all the people to get money into the company. And Stephanie will be in charge of the day-to-day operations, which includes the wrestling. No, you're absolutely right. Stephanie, well, not creative, just the wrestling portion. No, Stephanie will be in charge of the wrestling side of things. Nick Khan will be taking care of the other business at hand which he's been shown on his on his record they have the most profitable year in history what do you think he's going to do now that he can start working out that big network deal that trust me everybody is waiting to see how this one unfolds oh, absolutely by the way padawan j says vince still has stock in the company he made an estimated 137 million dollars today <laughs> by the way we knew we knew he had it i'm sure yeah. originally he had controlling stocks i assume that he signed the controlling stocks over to stephanie and stephanie just gave him the same amount of stocks in regular stock yeah that's how i look at it and the reason being is the chairperson usually has the controlling stocks mm. so i'm assuming stephanie has them now because it's not a ruse. It wasn't like, oh, we're going to fake it so we make it. It's right. legit. Vince has even come out and said it. Stephanie's come out and said it. Triple H has co-signed it. Everybody it's like, said and, it. It's saying in the board of directors, there was a meeting today. Mm-hmm. There was a meeting on Friday. There was a meeting today. The board of directors have said, yes, Stephanie McMahon is the owner of World Wrestling Entertainment. There's a legit press release saying this. She's the person. She's the chairwoman. She's the CEO. 
this is her company can Vince, you know, it, it, I think Vince is, and here's what I'm going to be honest with you. So just get this out of the way. I think what's going to happen is Vince is going to go away for a good long time. Will he come back? Maybe in some kind of like, is he always going to be there for his daughter to call up and say, Hey dad, what would you do in this situation? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Of course. Let's be honest. That that's 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 the extent of he'll always be there for that until the day he dies. Do I think he'll ever be hands on again? No. And the reason why is because for a good little while now he's not going to be able to even show up backstage. Mm-hmm. Because remember, they're going to the reason for all this happening is to separate him from the company. I think the retirement's going to be good for the band. We found out that besides banging chicks, <laughs> he also likes to spend time with his grandkids. I think once you get this man home for a few weeks, spending time with the grandkids, he ain't coming back. Remember when he had that surgery, the last surgery he had? Mm-hmm. There was talk that he wasn't coming back then because he had so much fun hanging out with his grandkids. Yeah. So I really, the, the parts of him being a father and gone, I think he's really making up with the grandchildren. I agree. I, like I say, he is going to be away from TV for quite a while. We might see him come out of WrestleMania just to wave at everybody, but other than oh, that, oh, I'm no. not saying he's not going to come. Oh, back yeah, yeah, and but say I'm hi. saying, but no, but that'd be the only time like you see something like that happen. Oh, I could definitely see WrestleMania next year. Him either doing a little promo or coming out and just saying welcome to WrestleMania, giving yeah, a wave. Exactly. You know, he's a legend. He's gonna. He's he, listen once again, separating the man from who he is. Mm-hmm. Once again, we all owe him the debt of gratitude that he did what he's done. As wrestling fans, it's just it's the gratitude for that, not him as a person. Hall of Fame next year, I would do it. Or although I might wait a year, yeah. And the reason I might wait a year is still kind of that's separation. I, kinda... I would test the water in the room first. Yeah, that's but what he's I was definitely got to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I mean the man who created the fucking company that has the Hall of Fame. I was gonna say by that time next year, it's like I wouldn't, but I would wait a year. Yeah, if you can I wait would a year, wait. So it. not not next year, the year after, I would do it. I mean, we are all going as Father Time. Vince is 77. Yeah. So, I mean, it'd be nice to see him go in alive. Mm-hmm. Only because, hey, that'd be nice. You know, once again, you can separate the person from the businessman. You know, uh, unfortunately, we have to do it that way. Because, like I said, is he, is he a criminal? There's been no criminal charges. So, as of right now, we can say no. Right. That could change. Who knows? We'll find out. You know, mm-hmm. I, as weird as this week's been, anything's possible. <sighs> but as of right now, no criminal charges. So, Basically, he's a moral bankrupt scumbag. Mm-hmm. And it is what it is. But once again, I digress. I don't want to like sound like I'm fucking floating the trumpet of Vince McMahon. I'm not. I just appreciate what he's done. And I think that wrestling fans should give him a little bit of due. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay, even if you don't like what he's done, to say, hey, thanks for the fucking, thanks for the wrestling world we live in. Now, fuck you, you scumbag piece of shit. Yeah. You can follow it right after with that. You know, it's okay. It really is. Believe it or not, the... People can be good and bad at the same time. We've said this before. Mm-hmm. You know, not everything people do, and I would give that leeway to anybody, except for if you cross certain rules. Yeah. I mean, in so far, as far as we know, he's never crossed those rules. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, Stephanie McMahon's the owner of the company. We have a new CEO brand. Uh, the board of directors is kind of solid right now. They've had a good, uh, they men- mentioned everybody in the board. Triple H is not on the board for those people at home wondering. He never was which I don't think he wants to be because the weekend went on, lots of rumors. Throughout the weekend, we heard, well, you know, Kevin Dunn's going to be done. Yep. We heard Bruce Pritchard might be wrapping up. We've heard all these things, and we didn't know because over the weekend, they weren't really breaking news. They were kind of quiet on it, and I'm assuming it's because they had a lot to do in the background. You got a big, huge show in a stadium at SummerSlam. It's a little harder for them this year because they are allowing Jeff Jarrett 
to do the last match with Ric Flair, and he's doing some other things. And Jeff Jarrett, of course, is the executive vice president of live shows, so he has a lot to do game time. But I'm sure Triple H and Steph do not mind. I'm sure that him being hired was a pick from Triple H in hindsight. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I think that once once Vince was starting to move and we were starting to build a new thing and we started to see some new hires, it feels like Triple H hires. And his wife is going to hire the team that her and her husband feel comfortable with. So I think we're going to see a lot more of those hires, by the yeah. way. This ain't stopping. The, the momentum's going to keep on rolling, baby. I just want to let people know that. I do think changes are coming. I do agree with some people. I don't think they're going to happen overnight, although I do think we're going to see some changes quickly. Mm-hmm. But I do think that they are going to happen over time. But some will happen quicker than others. The team being put around them is going to happen kind of fast, kind of slow, depending upon the role. And like I said, I think that some of that already started happening because remember when all of this broke and Stephanie became the, 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 the uh, acting chairwoman, that's around the time that we hired Jeff Jarrett back. Right. That's around the time that, you know, we started hearing the rumblings that they were inviting indie competitors back to NXT. So that means Triple H from home was taking care of some business because knowing what was happening, I think everybody was prepared for this. Mm-hmm. I think everybody was prepared for this more than anybody knows. They had headway about a month out that these things were going to, the original scandal was going to break, and then they probably figured more would happen. So they had that headway, hence why Stephanie went home and spent some time with her family knowing that, okay, the business is going to really need me and I'm going to have to donate a lot of time in the near future. I think all of it was all set up in the back. It sounds like something Vince would do. Quite honestly, it's not like he wants the company to fail. You have to remember, in his mind, this is a family business, and it is. Him handing it to his daughter and then it going to his grandchildren, I think, is his goal. No, I fully. And that's what Triple H has always said. Well, that's the whole thing that Vincent—they've had a blueprint for the transition long set. I mean, even want to take it back to the CM Punk pipe bomb, where he acknowledged Punk even put it out there in the world. So you would think it get, would get better when it went to his idiotic or her, his idiotic daughter and his doofus for his son-in-law. Yeah. So the blueprint has been there for that long, even longer. So this is not really that big of a shakeup for me. I sit there and go like, this is completely perfectly planned out. And I would be very scared if I was a certain other company right now, because when Triple H was announced as head of creative, well, we, we're getting to that. We okay. didn't even get to that yet. So let's jump in. So this Monday, finding out about all this, we did get a confirmation from the board that it looks like Kevin Dunn's last show with WWE will be SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. They're keeping him on through SummerSlam. He knows this. He's also under investigation for insider trading because he was an idiot and sold some stock when he found out about the scandal. So there's yeah, that. Yeah, there's uh, He's the only person charged with anything because he's the only one dumb enough to do something illegal like that. Continuing on, although it was funny when he said that he didn't think Becky Lynch was attractive. And if you ever looked at that uh, man, he's not one to talk about people being attractive. But continuing on, so we heard that, and then it was like, huh? And then we heard Bruce Pritchard's role is going to be limited. You're like, huh? Okay, so all the rumors were kind of true. What's that mean? And then we found out the board confirmed, and they press released it. The new head of creative for World Wrestling Entertainment is Triple H. So Paul Levesque other known as Triple, Triple H, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, whatever you want to call him, is now the head of creative for World Wrestling Entertainment. Going forward, effective immediately. So we remember that story Amon Shumpert had about Kobe Bryant and the game they played at the Garden, and Shumpert shut him down for three quarters, and then Kobe went up to him and said, you had a good game. 
He was like, what are you talking about? There's one. There's a quarter left. Then you can kind of role, role play a little bit with the other federations in WWE because with Triple H now at the head of creative, it is a time to have caution if you are other wrestling promotions because of how beloved he is, how much in touch he is with the business, and if everybody was sitting there thinking about how great NXT was, imagine what he's going to do now with the entire roster. Well, he's got a roster full of his guys. Yeah. And girls, sorry. So his kids, if you will, as they like to be referred to, they're all Papa H, as we call them. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Every star in that company has got ties to Triple H. Yeah. Every star, pretty much. There's not many of the old guard that are left that don't have a tie to Triple H. Mm -hmm. Maybe Edge. Because Edge was there at the same time he was as a wrestler, so it was before Triple H was in charge of anything. Right. Rey Mysterio. But, you know, Dominic Mysterio came in and, you know, other somebody else, not Triple H, but still. Like, Trips has been there forever. And he was a, and he's been the head of that and of NXT and the talent and everything else. And you have to remember, he has things in place. I mean, recently speaking, The Undertaker has moved to Florida mm-hmm. to take a more active role at the PC. Shawn Michaels has a big, a big thing at PC. They have, uh, you know, like there's people, you know, Matt Bloom and Sarah Amato are doing the Lord's work running the PC as trainers. Mm-hmm. And they've trained some, whatever you think about people's names and whatever they change them to, it doesn't matter the difference of how good they are in the ring. And there's been a lot of talented young men and women who have come out of that PC who some of them, yes, were in the indies and some of them were not. Mm-hmm. But you can't take talent away from them. It's not like there's a lot of hard work not going down there. And if you think that there's not, look at all the people who went over to AEW even. It proves the fucking point. Yeah. Uh, Pat says AEW is bragging about their successes and un- understandably so, but Triple H said it's a marathon, not a sprint, and this marathon is just getting started. And I agree. The difference here is that Triple H, there's two different schools of thought, and we've said this in the past. There's a school of thought of people saying, and, and I, once again, I'm not saying these people are wrong. They say that Tony Khan showing passion, what we call being a mark. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's fine. Uh, is 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 the way to be, and then there's the professionalism part. Tony Khan does not do things in a professional manner. Sorry, mm-hmm. he hasn't done things in a professional manner as a football GM. He hasn't done them as a as a soccer slash other football GM. It, it's true. Just look at his track record. I mean, shit. There's NFL players right now who ask for their releases over Twitter yeah. and got in Twitter wars with them for their releases. That's facts. Go mm-hmm. look at it. Taking nothing away from what the guy is doing for the business. Because I'll give him credit. AEW is good for the business. It's competition. It's competition. Competition's always good. The difference was, under the old guard of Kevin Dunn and Vince McMahon, they had were stuck in their ways of how they did business. Triple H is not stuck in those ways. Triple H was providing great TV that people weren't watching on NXT, unfortunately. And that's fine. People weren't watching. That didn't mean it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Go back and watch any of those shows. I promise you they were fucking good. There's a reason why takeovers were must-see television. Right. And here's the thing. A lot of that talent loves them some Triple H and loves would love to work for Triple H. The biggest thing happening, the smartest move made by Stephanie McMahon, because I guarantee it was Stephanie, and it's not just because he's her, her husband. She's not stupid. She's a businesswoman. If her husband was a fucking moron, she wouldn't be putting him in charge of shit. Right. I promise you that much. She's smart. She's ruthless. She's very good. 
as a businesswoman. She knew when we we're going to turn the ship, when we we're going to make a new direction, when we we're going to add all these things, what is the centerpiece I need? And she went, my husband. My husband needs to be in charge of talent. And in charge of talent also means in charge of creativity. And that's why it's both. Mm-hmm. So you're handing the keys to the future to him. And in return, he's going to bring in people to put in the right spots. I've made the comment before. Probably won't be long before the wise man is not just uh, managing Roman Reigns. Yes. And he's probably going to do some creative shit. And the reason why is because, as he said, me and Stephanie don't always get along, but we respect each other. And I have mountains of respect for Triple H. And they've worked together well in the past. You're going to see that coming out. Uh, William Regal. (laughs) I know he's got a deal right now. But you don't don't think for a minute that if uh, when that when his deal of however long it is is over, he doesn't go back to being the right hand man of Triple H. Yeah, especially because then he'll become the head of whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's not because they're offering him the world; it's because loyalty. You heard when he left; his whole thing was he felt bad for leaving because of the young men and women at the at the performance center, and because he felt like he let Triple H down. That when Triple H went out. He should have done more. And Triple H was like, no, 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 no. You know, you didn't let me down. Yeah. You got fucked over. I got fucked. We all got fucked over. Well, now they're back. And now it's going to be hard to fire because he's the guy in charge. Mm-hmm. And what I'm going to say is WWE is going to finally do what they haven't done in a long time. That's be competitive. They're going to actually have storylines. I think, you know, obviously right now it's going it, to, and people slow rolling. Oh, they still did a DQ finish tonight, whatever, whatever. But I heard they had a match before 8.30. Yeah. So there was wrestling on the show before 8.30. That's a change. It's a small one, but, but it's, it's a change. change. And remember, those changes aren't going to happen overnight. They can't just change everything overnight. It's going to be a slow rollout, but you're going to start seeing it. And that is why, before we talk about SummerSlam, I think SummerSlam... And I'm going to be watching it with Ken. Mm-hmm. But I think SummerSlam went from a show we were going to skip and not even fucking talk about to probably being much must-watch. Oh, I absolutely agree. I mean, I we even came out, and I think it was a whole 607 podcast unity about this one. When Vince was there, obviously, with what he was done, we were boycotting, and we were not supporting the brand. Now, Triple H is leading that ship, and... He's going to do something at the show. I'm not saying this is going to be a spectacle, new debut left and right, but this will be a showcase to say, hey, a new regime is here, and we're going to we're going to turn this around. Either he comes out and does the welcome to SummerSlam, which could happen, and that crowd will go ballistic, to you're going to have a return of somebody, and you're going to have people going, that was a good show, because he's going to definitely make sure of that. Pad says, been watching since 8, and I can confirm a match before 8.30. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm agreeing with you. I'm going to go on a limb and say there will be a, a surprise return. At least one. Yeah, I'll say two. I'm saying two when we get into that. Yeah, we can talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Obviously, when we cover the show. But I'm going to say there's going to be something, because it's going to be interesting. We also know, from per Stephanie McMahon... The SummerSlam is the beginning of the TV 14 era. That was a that was a memo sent out. I thought it was the Monday after. So I, I yeah, but it's 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 going to be SummerSlam. Okay. I promise you. 
because they're going to roll it out at the pay-per-view. I pro- yes, technically the Monday after is the first Raw with the TV 14. Right. Okay. I guarantee they roll it out at SummerSlam. Oh, they're going to do something. Because yeah. I think that there's too big of an opportunity, which we'll break down because I don't want to do it now because we're mm-hmm. going to get into it in a minute. I have a feeling in the main event of the evening, they're going to do something. This uncharacteristic of them recently. And especially because the two men involved are both willing to do something. I wouldn't say stupid. I don't want to say stupid. But out there, mm. like something more extreme, if you will. Got you. So I, I have full faith that that's going to actually happen. But yes, technically speaking, it is the Monday after you are right. But I guarantee it's going to be SummerSlam. Would you say then, before we get into SummerSlam talk, the tweet that Tony Khan made? Okay, so that's we should dive into that. So Tony Khan decided to put his foot in his mouth like he always does last Friday after all that announced. He said, oh, congratulations to me as I am now the longest reigning CEO in pro wrestling today. By the way, that's a lie because the CEO of uh, Anthem Sports, who owns Impact, is the longest reigning CEO of, of wrestling because they bought that back in 2017. Yes. Yes. No, I know. Yeah, yeah. I looked it up. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I sit there and think about it, yeah. So technically speaking, Tony Khan, you're not. Impact Wrestling CEO is. And if you really want to go worldwide, that would actually be New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah, yeah, you, but that's a whole different ballgame there. But I, I digress. Or actually AAA. Because AAA has been in the control of the same family for fucking 70 years. Yeah, that's true. So I, I'm assuming, you know, but whatever. We're not going to go to that levels. I just thought it, listen, man. When you think about professionally, I'm not saying you have to kiss the man's ass. And I'm not saying whatever, but there's a certain thing in professionalism, even amongst rivals. Mm-hmm. Where you give the little nod to be professional. I'm not saying you had to come out and be like, bah, 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 bah. But he could have done the professional road, which a lot of people would have, and said, hey, no matter what you think about the guy, if it wasn't for the creation of WWE and Vince McMahon doing what he did, I wouldn't have AEW now. So we we thank you and wish you well in your future endeavors. Mm -hmm. So you could have done the back door, we wish you well in your future endeavors. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or enjoy your retirement. Have fun with the grandkids. Whatever. You could have thrown a little tagline at the end. It's fucking hilarious, right? Yeah. But there's a there's a way. And and I'm not, once again, people are going to be like, oh, you know, competition. You know what? You extend that olive branch to people just because. Mm-hmm. You don't come in and punch them because you never know. Right. Not to mention, here's a guy who's part of a company. And I get it. Cody Rhodes owns up to a lot of it, too. Who's smashing fucking thrones who's got everybody doing the parade as soon as they walk through the door of shit on WWE, including guys that, you know, you know, the people who are not smart did, because you know it's Adam Cole ain't saying shit. Mm-hmm. Fucking all the guys who came over there, Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson didn't say shit. As a matter of fact, he did all the right things. Yeah. You know why? Because they all know, hey, maybe we go back there someday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> smart. Also, even if we're not going to go back there, it's good for negotiations, right? Can't burn bridges. Smart. But you have all this shit going on, and he's a part of it, and he says what he says all the fucking time. And once again, you can call it passion. I don't call it passion. I call it unprofessionalism. Because when you're in charge, if you're a billionaire in charge of a company that you're trying to be successful in, you have to be professional. You have to be. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. That's how, that's how the fucking world works. No shitting on our friend Johnny Moose, but, you know, Tony Khan's the skinny version of our boy Johnny Moose. Super excited on Facebook Live, baby. Oh, sorry, not Facebook, Twitter and YouTube. And I'm sorry, that's just not how you carry yourself when you're uh, supposed to be a big-time fucking promoter. I'm saying with Tony's tweet, this is the equivalent of when they announced, WCW announced that Mick Foley was winning the Raw world title. 
and how the room just changed because ever since that tweet happened, you now had the announcement of Triple H. They're making swift changes. The one thing that we've always said that AEW should never do is poke WWE. Stay in your lane, make the best product you can, and focus on your own house instead of worrying about your neighbors. And that's how you should be. Uh-huh. And obviously with that tweet, that was enough gas to start a very big fire. I mean, the gas has already been started. Right, and, but, and the that, fact that but Triple that's H, the ignition. I'm sure, I'm sure Triple H has felt it when they had to worry about the Wednesday Night Wars and everything else and all the bullshit and everything that happened after that and the talent that was lost and everything because of the perception of the old guard. There's a lot of things that happened that maybe Tony Khan didn't necessarily do, but he sparked. Mm-hmm. And I think Triple H is upset about all of those things. And the bad news for them is that Triple H is a man that doesn't forgive that easy. Right. And as Pat alluded to, he had once famously said, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And now that he's in the helm, now this is the time that he goes, you better have your fucking running shoes on. I mean, it probably doesn't also help that Billy Gunn's out there talking about how you want to punch him in the face. Mm-hmm. That, you know, remember the line from that Hall of Fame that got him pissed off, allegedly, even though he was laughing at the time was that, hey, you better be careful what you say or Vince is going to buy that piss-ant company just to fire you. Yeah. Well, you better be careful what you said because Triple H might buy that piss-ant company just to fire you. And if you don't think so, like, right now, I've, I've heard some off-the-wall shit from Jericho, and the reason why is he's now he knows his, his Hall of Fame is gone because he doesn't get along with Triple H, and Triple H doesn't get along with him. Mm. And unlike Vince, I don't think Triple H is going to be forgiving of, of old Chris Jericho to come back to no. go to the Hall of Fame. Doubtful. After all the shit he said about Triple H, uh huh, he's gonna be like, okay, fuck you. You picked, you made your bed, now lie in it. You won't, you won't be that guy. Go off and be crazy, Uncle Drunk Chris. Do it. Not wrong. Don't you have some more Trump rallies to go to? Goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, getting back to the seriousness, I think that I've been saying this. There's a lot of people on the internet that were really excited on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And I had said to you, I said, there's a lot of, mm-hmm. and the exact quote I said to you when we talked on Saturday, when I came over to the house for Ring of Honor, I said, man, there's a lot of people that are getting real dressed up for their funeral. Yep. They're jazzed. They're partying. And this, and I'm not saying that they're going to go, I, I hope AEW stays around in his competition forever. But this is not a good situation. No. Because here's the problem. As a head of talent relations, as a head of creative, Triple H is going to go into a new direction. The belovedness of Triple H when Adam Cole's deal is up, he might go back. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who didn't want to work for Vince McMahon. They didn't want to work for that old regime that was fucking not putting them in, in the matches they wanted. Right. But for H, it's different. And the stories that other the young guys get told about Triple H and how great it was to work for Triple H by all these other people who... Because think about it. The locker room that came from NXT... They all speak so highly of Triple H. You know they're telling other AEW guys who have never been there, hey, like, wait, you know you know what? Yeah, it sucked being on that main roster, but you know what? When we were working for Hunter, that was the shit. It was fucking awesome. We did a lot of cool shit. And, and L wrestling fans and wrestlers knew that they were doing cool shit. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's loved. So guys like Adam Cole, I'm not saying he's going to, but hey, if you're not doing anything with him, why not go back where the guy who had faith in you to be the next Shawn Michaels is in charge? And you know what? He's creatively in charge. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot up in the air about Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano, Johnny Wrestling. 
It just got interesting. I thought that maybe it would be a lock for AEW as far as a major company. But with Triple H in charge, all of a sudden him and Ciampa being at the head of the fucking table mm. on, on, on SmackDown or Raw is a thing. Yep. Is a thing. I saw a picture put out earlier, and I can't remember who quoted on it, but it was funny because it was Finn Balor holding up like something. Uh, the, the question was basically, you know, what is one thing you think could happen is Triple H? And they had the picture of Finn Balor holding the belt. And somebody underneath said, that's closer to the truth than everybody knows. It was you that yes. said, okay, sorry. But it's true. Yeah, no, that's the whole thing about it. With Triple H now at the helm, I don't want to say anything is possible, but... For fans that are sitting there jaded at the same old stuff that we've seen from the Vince regime, this is going to completely be a game changer. And we're going to see that wrestling that we want to see. This is going to be something that's going to be a new product. And you're going to be seeing a lot of waves happen that either AEW is going to be able to help or withstand or, or they're going to falter from. And Triple H has the tools because he has all these young guys and he's got these guys that came up that are his kids who are on the main roster who are mm -hmm. ready to bust their ass for him and be fucking stars and some of them are already stars. And on top of that, he has the megastars that he still has control of that are also his guys. Yes. The guys that are Roman Reigns, the guys that are Seth Rollins, the guys that are Cody Rhodes. Because at the end of the day, remember, Cody Rhodes said, if above everything, and it was nervous to talk to Triple H, but Triple H was his hero, his idol. Yep. And Triple H said to him when he came back, nah, I don't care about anything you did there. Yep. You're, you're more valuable now than you ever know. And he said, I see me in you. Which means he's getting the Triple H role. Yeah. Which is fine. Which is fine because the crowd reaction's there. But you know, with Cody there, that means he has other friends like MJF mm -hmm. and Hangman Page, which we've already speculated, that could walk through that door. And maybe when it was Vince, it was a little harder for you to swallow. But when it's Triple H, you go, eh. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. That's the perception. And in wrestling, perception is reality. Mm -hmm. I'm even thinking to, to guys that are still on the indies like Killer Cross, who aren't with AEW, but were a Triple H guy. And he's remember, Triple H. before they went up to the main roster, whatever the hell that gimmick was, and you know Cross was like, I if they call me again, I'd come back in a heartbeat. And you know Triple H was for Triple H. definitely a guy that was backing him. You know, So there's a lot of guys. I'm just going to throw it out there. Now, I'm not saying we're not talking no, shit. No, no, no. And once again, I hope AEW does well because competition is great. But they need to, once again, this is the time, instead of making little stupid cute things, and we're going to get off of this and go into the preview, this is the time that you need to watch your own P's and Q's, mm. take care of your in-house because your in-house is, is, is kind of in ruin. It's, there's cracks in the foundation. Mm -hmm. You need to fill those fucking cracks. You need to just focus on your house, and you need to get the job done. Tonight, Monday Night Raw came from a real sold-out Madison Square Garden. And it looked fucking crazy. Yeah. Last week's Dynamite, there was nobody on hard camera side. There's photographic evidence of that. Plus, Ticketmaster had the ticketing wide open. Yeah. But yet, you were telling me you that you're selling out every show and the talking heads are out there. Keep listening to those talking heads, guys. Those of you who still want to listen to them and defend them, go ahead. I don't. It doesn't bother me. Mm -hmm. It's only hurting you because I ain't paying the five bucks. Exactly. <laughs> or whatever the fuck it is. You know what I mean? But once again, Tony Khan, I know somebody down there in Jacksonville is listening because we get a bunch of uh, downloads from the Jacksonville area. Yep. So I'm assuming somebody's down there either listening or watching. This is what I'm going to say. And there's a good a couple times I think you've listened because I've heard, I've seen some changes. We, we, were, we, we were talking shit about the production and then that changed. Yep. <laughs> so I'm not saying it's just us. 
But uh, there could be a little where there's smoke, there's fire. And even if it's not us, I just want to claim it because I want to feel special like Dave Meltzer. <laughs> but anyways, if you are listening, I would say focus on AEW. Let's make AEW the best product possible. And I'm going to continue to watch as long as it's the best product possible. If you keep putting on bunk-ass shit like that fucking barbed wire match, then fuck that. Using fake barbed wire? Come on, guys. And like, I didn't see that coming. Like anybody who watches death matches didn't know that shit was mm-hmm. fake. Come on, man. Because blood, I don't know if you knew this, but in a barbed wire match, Tony, if a guy's back gets into the barbed wire and it gets all cut up and stuff, the blood doesn't just wipe off and is clean. Yeah. After. No, 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 no. It goes in there and it rips and it tears and it's fucking pinholes and bleeding all down the back. You know how I know? I watch a lot of bar. I watch a lot of death matches. Mm-hmm. I saw a barbed wire match on Saturday. There was definitely blood everywhere. Oh my god! Yeah. Just gonna throw it out. AIW. Throw it out there. I digress. So that's just my thing for for AEW. Focus on your fucking self because WWE, the worst case scenario happened. Vince leaving, Stephanie being in charge, and Triple H now taking over talent relations and creative. The worst nightmare of yours just happened. Facts. And if you're not worried, that just shows you that you're either insanely arrogant, which is probably true, or insanely stupid. I would like to believe it's the, the, the former. Mm-hmm. I would like to believe you're insanely arrogant. But arrogance can be fixed. Yeah. Stupidity cannot. And I hope for the sake of all of us fans who want to see competition in wrestling that All Elite Wrestling keeps fucking delivering or delivers better than it has so that WWE doesn't just steam fucking roll over you. Although I do remember our friend JVD did say that since WWE is uh, TV's up, that they, with everything going on, they should probably go be on TNT next because... And I quote, we do drama. I mean, you're not wrong, but you didn't have to say it. I mean, good Lord. By the way, you're welcome. War Games. <laughs> uh, Pat says, Triple H taking over talent races with no budget concerns, unlike Tony Khan. Exactly. There's a lot of things going on. But let's get off of that. We've gotten you, given you enough. We've even given you extra. Let's get into that preview because... Saturdays become juicy. Now, I want to give a preface. We are going to talk, and we're going to do a little bit of fantasy booking and give our opinions, because guess what? We don't do the fucking breaking news. We're not journalists. We are op-ed guys. Mm-hmm. We are media and the op-ed thing, so we give you our editorials and our opinions. That's how it is. We've always said that. We're not trying to break anything. So anything we say is literally just us spitballing. Now, with that being said, something is probably going to happen. If not, you can't come back and be like, well, they didn't do anything. No, I think the card's going to be fine. We're going to talk about it in its whole. Because on paper, the card already looks good. Yes. Card looks very solid. Let's go through it, shall we? Yeah, let's do this. First up, I'm going to talk about the newest signee, one of the newest signees of WWE, Logan Paul, going one-on-one with The Miz. Who you got? Taking Logan Paul. Debut match. I think The Miz and him are going to build up a little rivalry going to WrestleMania. I think the world is going to be fucking shocked and dumbfounded because Logan Paul is a hell of an athlete, and I think The Miz is a hell of a wrestler, and I think they're going to put on a fucking show. Oh, absolutely. It's going I, to think, great uh, I think the thing that's going to come out of this is people going, oh, my God, Logan Paul can wrestle. Well, that's the one thing that for all the celebrities that come to the WWE, they really take it seriously, the ones that are going to be put in a high-profile thing like this. You take a look with the Bad Bunny era. That's the easiest way you can describe it. Everybody they brought in since has been showing out in the ring. And Logan Paul, like, listen, love him, hate him. He's going to put in the work. Next up, WWE Raw Women's Championship match. Your champion, the EST of WWE, one of the best women wrestlers in the planet today, Bianca Belair, going up against big-time Bex, Becky Lynch. 
So this will go a lot different than last year's SummerSlam? Oh, yeah. I'm going to go on a limb and say, and still. I am too. And I, this is the revenge. This is the receipt. This is the third match. Mm-hmm. So Bianca's going to get the uh, – and it's going to be a year ago. And it's a revenge time. Yes, completely agree. I don't think it's going to be a squash either way. No. I just think Bianca Belair is going to have to prove she's going to have beaten now Becky Lynch two times out of three. And she's going to get that big win back at SummerSlam. I'm going to say 15-minute match. It's going to be a good match. Yeah. These, both of these women are fucking phenomenal. Next up, speaking of uh, Becky Lynch, we got Seth frickin' Rollins taking on Riddle. This could be a sleeper match for match of the night, in my opinion. I'm agreeing with you. Like, I think that Riddle and, and Rollins have actually really good chemistry. So, I, I'm i going to go on a limb. I'm going to say Riddle. Really? I, you know what? I would love to say Riddle. I could see Riddle winning. I just think Seth needs to get back on the winning way, so I'm going to go with Seth Rollins. Because I think there's got to be something in that future. Uh, without Cody there, and with the possibilities, I'm saying possibilities, of Drew McIntyre becoming champion sooner than later, I think you need that heel uh, to go up against him for, in the meantime. Because I think Roman's going to take time off. Okay. We'll talk about that. No, later. no, sure, sure. Uh, next up, we have the WWE Women's uh, SmackDown Women's title match. Your champion, Liv Morgan, taking on the former champion, Ronda Rousey. I am hoping this is end still. And I'm, I'm going to go on a limb. You ready? You ready for limb? Let's do this. It's going to be end still. Because at the end of the day, I think Bailey helps Liv Morgan win. I'm saying a Bailey appearance. I was not calling her to help the win, though, but I'm with you. Bailey shows or, up here. Or if you want to really see waves, ready for it? Depending upon happening, this is this is the wish camp, right? Mm-hmm. And this is something that could happen because, once again, we're talking Triple H is a different beast. Who is one of Triple H's biggest fans in the women's division? Sasha. What if Bailey distracts and Sasha makes a surprise return through the crowd? And takes out Ronda, which would fit the storyline. Oh, it fit the storyline completely. Liv wins, and then you have Bailey and Sasha beat the shit out of Liv just because. I'm here and for just, it. And then we can have a faction. Naomi can come out as well, and we can have a faction. Of, and we can make reality a storyline. Once again, the reason this is in the realm is Triple H. Yes. Triple H calls over Sasha and said, and they and they can settle business. Oh, if I'm, anybody's going to ice it over with Sasha, it's going to be Triple H. I'm guaranteeing that phone that conversation has either happened or is scheduled this week. Oh, I'm saying eventually I think she'll be back just because of that. But if anybody is going to get Sasha to come back, it is going to be Triple H. Mm-hmm. And I would think that would be the biggest coup. And it would also play into the storyline. Oh, all these people were brought in. We're going to take one out. Yep. And we're going to take another one out. And we're going to be dominant. And it would be a cool storyline. I agree. In my opinion. I'm here for it. Next up, we have the undisputed tag team titles on the line as the Usos, your champions, Jimmy and Jay, will go one-on-one once again with the Street Profits. And there is a special guest referee, the executive vice president of live shows. Good old Double J, J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T-T, Jeff Jarrett. I'm going to say end still with Jeff Jarrett doing something to the Street Profits. Like, Maybe, but I could see and knew for reasons. Okay. And I, I, I can see both. Yeah, like, I can I see, can see it either way. Because I'm going to say this. That could be the first chink in the bloodline. Okay. Continuing on. Keep that in mind, though. Okay. Next up, we got a WWE United States Championship match. Your champion, the almighty Bobby Lashley, going as former champion Theory. By the way, I, I wonder if they're going to give him back his first name now. 
Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I digress. I'm going to go with and still for a multitude of reasons that we'll talk about later, but I'm going and still Bobby Lashley. I'm going to say and still. Because I think the main event's going to have a multitude of reasons. I'm yeah. telling you why. Let's go. Uh, we have one more match before the main event. Pat fucking McAfee going one-on-one with Happy Corbin. Pat McAfee for all for the Bro. win. Pat McAfee. I'm a big fan. Oh. You know what? This might not be the greatest wrestling match of all time. It's going to be fun because the fans love Pat McAfee. It's going to be the most entertaining one of the night. That leaves us with the main event of the evening, Ken M. Mm-hmm. In a last man standing match. So that means, for those of you at home that don't understand how it works, that means to win this match is no pinfall, no submission, no DQ, no countout. The only way to win is to incapacitate your opponent to the count of 10. Whoever can do that is the undisputed WWE Universal Champion. I love how that's the name of the belt. Yeah. Your champion, the big dog, the tribal chief, acknowledge that motherfucker, Roman Reigns, who is undefeated for three years and has been champion of the world for over 700 days. Well, universal champion. Yeah. But still, still, you know what I mean? I got you. Is going to go one-on-one with probably his biggest adversary of all time. The Beast. Brock Lesnar. Now, Brock doesn't need to be champion. Brock doesn't want to be champion. I don't think in a lot of ways. I think Brock likes having fun. He's coming in to fill in a spot because I really originally think that this spot was Cody Rhodes' moment. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we had to shuffle decks. And then originally, I also heard that uh, Randy Orton was considered for this spot. And unfortunately, he got injured too. Right. So then we had to go back. We had to go in the cupboard. We had to call the righty, if you will, for for baseball reference and bring back old reliable. I'm going to make the deal that I said now. Neither one of these men is walking out with this title. Ladies and gentlemen, the internet's going to lose its shit. There's a lot of you listening to me right now that are going to lose their shit. Theory is walking out of SummerSlam as your undisputed, unified WWE Universal Champion. And I'm going to tell you if how they should do it. Either way. Either he's going to come out and pin somebody who's ever left over and cash in. Or, if they're smart, what they do is, and this is where I said the 14 comes in, they do something fucking ridiculous and crazy. Both men are incapacitated. He runs out, cashes in. Now it's a triple threat. Last man standing match. And the referee just counts the fucking 10. And without doing a damn thing, he gets handed that belt. Because you know what will piss the internet off more? That. Yeah. I am also going to say Theory cashes in. I am going to say because he has somebody else guiding him now that Vince is gone. And I think we have the return of Bray Wyatt. That Bray will be the influence on Theory to go in there, and then when he needs help taking care of Roman and Brock, well, Bray will get his shots in. Bray will be able to do some damage to him to, to make him unconscious for reasons. And Austin will just have to pin Lesnar. So you're saying a return of cult leader Bray Wyatt. Yep, completely. The kid's looking, the kid's looking for direction. Yep. Bray Wyatt's just looking to use somebody because that's what he does. Yep. I'd be, and, I'd be and, interested. Although I really think that, uh, and I don't know if it's going to happen SummerSlam because it would have to mean they'd add a match, which, once again, it's only eight matches with a pre-show, so there could be a match or two added this week. But I've, I've often thought that the best way to bring him back would be with Edge. And the reason being uh, that it would be like I sold my soul to the devil mm-hmm. to get back at you. And, of course, it would play into the Finn Balor 
Bray Wyatt thing. Right. And Bray Wyatt being like, and he doesn't have to be the fiend anymore. Don't don't think about that. Bray Wyatt just being like, I want your little demon friend to come out because I'm the devil and that's not a real demon. Could happen. And I'm going to slay the false prophet. It, I think he should go back to that kind of leader, maybe even devil kind of guy. Well, especially That's got, how I think Bray Wyatt should be. Well, especially got those weird vignettes going on. So, yeah, I could definitely see that match getting added. Because it looks like a combination of both of them and yeah. some of them. It's definitely edge stuff, but there's definitely a little hint of maybe Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Which is weird. Well, we'll find out. I mean, maybe maybe Bray was possessing Edge the entire time. Maybe. Or maybe Edge being pissed off that he got taken out. Like I said, sold yeah. his soul to the devil. Could happen. And the devil's like, okay, well, I'll help you get revenge. But in return, I get Finn Balor. Mm-hmm. I want the demon. I want that. I want to take that out. So if that happens, that's that's a possibility. Once again, Bray Wyatt, another NXT guy. And especially TV 14, too, if you're looting. That's what it looks like they're doing. Yeah. Could you imagine Bray Wyatt fucking TV 14? <laughs> Cutting promos. Like I said, Man. I don't want the Fiend. Honestly, I do not want the Fiend. No, no. Get, no give me crazy I Hawaiian shirt. I want go back to the original kind of format. Maybe even make him the devil. Be like, I went to hell. I am the devil. Who cares? Whatever. You could do that supernatural shit. Make him the New Age Undertaker like that. Mm-hmm. But I want that kind of promo. Because I feel like his... Honestly, I feel like his best work ever. Ever. Was that cult leader. Oh, Wyatt. absolutely. And that's not shitting on him. Because I think he's fucking phenomenal. And he's definitely been alluding a lot to WWE. Yeah. Which I, is weird. I think he's seen the writing on the wall. That's why. Well, listen, man. Once again, he was a Triple H guy. Mm-hmm. He's an NXT guy that got hired by Triple H. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of stuff to digest with that one. And I mean, let's be honest. This is one of those situations where you're like, ah, Bray comes back. It's a it's a game changer in a way. Because mm-hmm. another, it's another gigantic star. Yes. And like I said, if we keep him out of the Fiend thing, because what the problem with the Fiend was it was too unstoppable. Mm-hmm. So you need to have him be beatable. Right. He can be supernatural. He can be like the Undertaker. He'd be like the new because the, the Undertaker, Undertaker. The Undertaker was supernatural, if you will, but he still could lose. Mm-hmm. So Bray can still lose. But the best part is those promos. Yeah. Like you, with a fiend, I feel like they took it away. And, and I was entertained by the Firefly Funhouse. He was entertaining as shit because he's he's great on the mic. Mm-hmm. But I like him better when he's like that cult leader, almost gospel fucking. Yeah, I, I just thought that was the best version of him. Oh yeah, absolutely, because it's the one that connects more. Like that's the whole thing. The Fiend is was too over the top, and you could definitely tell the Vince influence on that because it looked like a cartoon character. Although I could say this, if you do want to do the Fiend, sometimes you break him out when fucking shit hits the fan. Yeah. So like, saying that he's basically the devil, occasionally he's like, I'll show my real form. Yeah. You want to piss me off? You want to fuck with me? I'll show my real form. And that's when you show the real form, and that's the, the Fiend. Mm. You could do that. That would be neat. So it's not all the time. It's real. It's almost like Finn Balor doing the demon, yeah. where it goes away for long periods of time. But I think that would be cool, because you're like, I can show my real form. Also, you could do it like quickly, because you could change in that mask pretty quick under the ring. Because mm-hmm. you don't have to wear the whole Fiend getup. You just have to the mask, basically. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully they get rid of the getup. I, I, I'm just saying, I would prefer him as the call leader. Please, let's do that. But I can see him showing up. Now, mind you, nobody might show up. But I, I, if you're asking me, my philosophy, there is a good possibility, there is a percentage that is decent enough that I think Sasha Banks may be there. Honestly. 
And there is a percentage that I think Bray Wyatt could be a guy too. You know, I just saw something. So Theory does win, but Gargano helps him. That's also a possibility. Because of the way, yeah. A lot of, lot of fan speculation, man, we can do. You could bring back the way. Yeah. And then you could turn Johnny Gargano into kind of like, he's good enough on the mic that you could turn him into not like a cult leader. Yeah. But like almost like uh, almost like a self-help guy. Yep. Guru. Because that's kind of what the way was. Mm-hmm. So he could just be like this self-help guru. I could see it. Who's kind of, you know, culty in a way. I can definitely see that. But I still think Bray Wyatt would be coming back with Edge because I think that that's the built-in storyline because mm-hmm. then you could have finally Finn Balor versus, or the Demon, if you will, versus Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. And that could be the price. Your soul, obviously, plus. <laughs> I can Your see soul this. plus this guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or you could find out that he meddled in his, like when you turn Edge, like is he going to be face or whatever? You could always just be like, oh man, he did. He kind of took advantage of me and that's why I was a bad guy for a little while. Mm-hmm. You never know. There's a lot you can fucking do. I'm just saying with Triple H in charge, there is nothing really off the books because goddamn, we're in for a hell of a ride. And if you're a wrestling fan, no matter what you take from what we said earlier, I just want to say this. If you're a wrestling fan, this is our time because we're going to we're going to be witnesses to some cool shit. Bottom Absolutely. line. Am I wrong? No, no. This is a great era to get back into the WWE if you haven't already because Triple H will guide that ship. For anybody that's been disenfranchised, this is a perfect way to do this. And for AEW, I hope they do succeed. I want to see them step their game up. Give me a better product than what we've seen right now. That's my goal. And there you go. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to do it for this week's episode of 607 TWS. But before we go, Ken M, tell the fine folks how to find you in the Ultra Dura Parlay Hour podcast. Short and sweet. We'll call it odphpodcast.com. You know what? I'll file suit. Find out more about the 3FN podcast, 3FNpodcast.com. You are welcome for all of that. Tune in. Let us know how you think. Uh, we're going to be having a good time. I'm sure there'll be some tweets going on at SummerSlam and the GCW show and everything else in mm-hmm. between. Uh, next week on the program, obviously, we'll be giving our review of SummerSlam. We'll also be talking about any news that pops up because God knows it's coming out of the woodworks all the time Yeah, these days. Of course, we'll also be covering what goes down at GCW, uh, the world versus GCW, uh, or the people versus GCW, sorry. Uh, we'll also be talking about Ric Flair's last match event. We'll be talking about that and so much more coming up on next week's edition of 607 TWS. But until then, we are going to bid you adieu as the way we always do with our good friend Second Suit of the song. is called One Winged Angel. Check them out on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp. Thank them so much for letting us use it. And with that, until next week, for myself, for Ken M, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. I'm going to give it a throwback to 3FN because I enjoyed it so much. Make sure you wear your sunglasses at night. And with that being said, later, wrestling fans! If you take my hand We could order Chinese food, get high and then watch you Japan Rainmaker, my heart so damn hard I-
Top ropes. One, two. 